1: Date of the Empire is presented by The Nerdy Show Podcast Network Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse And is brought to you in part by Consequence of Sound The web's foremost source of music and film news Reviews and insights All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop And nerd destination And with the generous support of listeners like you To learn how you can support this And other fine geek programming Visit nerdyshow.com
0: Welcome to State of the Empire, nerdy show's Star Wars speculation podcast, where we look for news in Alderaan places. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. I'm Colin. And I'm Matt. Yeah, we're happy to have Colin in the studio, a sometimes host on State
3: of the Empire, here in
0: person for a change.
3: Yep, here I am, in person. <laughs> <laughs> Not a hologram, That's as, right. as per usual. As per
0: usual. <laughs> Last time we had you on, uh, you and Matt were talking about the, uh, the Clone Wars. Overall and a big broad spectrum. Oh yeah, analysis of that. Yeah, and,
3: okay. and 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 the more we watch Rebels, the more it becomes apparent that that is required um, viewing material. Yeah, and uh, you
4: think you think it, you think it's hit required?
3: Required. Okay. Definitely, certain episodes are required. Well, yeah, we actually just we just
0: saw an episode of Rebels that was in some ways a direct sequel to something something that happened in the episodes of the Clone Wars that um, features Saw Gerrera, Forrest Whitaker's character in Rogue One. It didn't pertain, it didn't directly reference him at all, but they it had some kind of tandem relationship to that.
4: Um, yeah, the uh, the tactical droid was specifically, strangely enough, the tactical droid from the, the serial that featured Saw. So it was just kind of a weird footnote.
0: Yeah, it not not any kind of like teaser for Rogue One really, just a weird mm-hmm. thing. So we're going to be talking about rebels uh as well as <laughs> all the crazy stuff happening with uh with Rogue One. We got we got some weird episode 8 stuff and uh, a ton of uh state of the empire style in-depth analysis about um the Ahsoka novel and some other stuff from the Star Wars canon that you may have missed out on. Plus, we have got a heck of a Willow Watch for you this time around, so stay tuned for that. So let's start the opening crawl on Rogue One. Oh, oh, no, let's not. Because there is no opening crawl on Rogue One at all. There, it's, it's confirmed. We've been talking about whether there would be one for a while. And no, there's, there's
3: no opening crawl. Interesting. So if you were going to watch it in chronological order, the first experience that you would have with the, the, this, this new era of Star Wars would be, like past the prequels, Yeah, would be no crawl. If you were I, skipping I, I, the, I th- if you were skipping the prequels, you would go
1: Rogue One. Well, you if you're skipping the prequels, then you'd go Rebels, mm. Star Wars Rebels.
3: Well, I'm talking just movies. Okay, I'm talking just movies. I mean, because <laughs> yes, the yes. movies canon beat everybody. What else's about, canon. The, well, about What the about, about the Clone, Clone Wars, Wars, Wars movie? From? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's I'm gonna a, forget the Clone Wars. It's Clone Wars. An, it's <laughs> it's required viewing for most for the people who are interested in it. Uh, in, in but the Clone
0: in, Wars movie is uh,
1: before Revenge of the Sith.
0: Yeah. Honestly, okay. I, I think Rogue One is gonna mean a lot more having watched Rebels than going into a oh. try.
1: Oh, totally. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, yeah. But I mean, like you're not gonna be. I, that's that's a, that's the hard thing that they're they're making this universe where it's basically like you have to watch all of these TV shows and then all of this all of these movies or, or not to get anything out of it. It's just kind of well, or not. You could you I could go know.
1: if you never saw any Star Wars movie and you went into Rogue One. You don't have to know Luke Skywalker. I suppose no, that's true. You don't have to know Darth Vader. You just yeah. got to know that that guy's the bad guy. You know, you can just tell by right. looking at him, and then sure. it's just you know.
4: As a matter of fact, Colin, you know, going into the original movie, people didn't know anything about Luke or Darth Vader. Yeah, do you know that? <laughs> well,
3: right,
1: but
4: <laughs>
3: son of a bitch. But the you're I'm just I'm I'm thinking in terms of like my kid. Like what what am I going to show him and in what order? You know what I'm saying? Like. I can't do it in. I don't know. Am I going to do the machete method? Does the machete method actually apply anymore? Am and I where do... and
4: where does Spaceballs and the holiday special fit into all that? I agree. <laughs> I
3: mean, I mean, I don't know. I
1: think that those uh, are Thanksgiving and Christmas is where. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to show him original theatrical release order like good American. Actually,
3: that's going to be the, uh, the, the holiday special is going to be the first thing that he sees uh, for <laughs> Star Wars. Is
1: the, is, 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 uh, Get it out of the way so it's all, all, all up from there.
4: Oh, yeah. I, I, as far as my, my take on, on no crawl, I, I, I think it's a good idea because you only have one chance here to decide whether or not you're going to lock in the other spinoff films right. into a crawl. Yeah. If you have a crawl in this movie, you always have to have a crawl. And obviously the beginning is very important for setting up tone. And uh, so I think it, it, this will be a, a good chance for it to stand out. I do think it's going to be some sort of like, you know, thin red line style opening. It'll probably seem like close up on like a, you know, alien world. Like when a a, an alien creature <laughs> on a, you know, alien world. And then like you'll see like Rogue One in the bottom corner. It'll be small text. And then and that then creature you'll, you'll farts
1: or burps.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and and goes, then the Gungan shows up. And goes, ah, <laughs> stinky poodoo <laughs> uh, Yeah, all the stuff that we've been seeing
1: is just not the movie. Oh, I man. want, I want that. Well, it's the reshoots. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, the, uh, they,
1: they needed oh, more Gungans. Yeah, we need Chargers more humor. In it.
0: More humor oh, in this. Jesus
1: Christ. Uh, I, I They're gonna they... redeem
0: his character in this. Droger's oh, gonna get redeemed. I would love Rogue to one. see like a grizzled, like you a, a know, Gungan.
4: Gungan. I would love to see
1: General Gungan.
4: Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: yeah.
3: well, Tarples is dead well i know but I'm just saying, we, ha- we
4: had that gungan
3: right <laughs> well yeah but i mean i'm saying seeing jar jar go through that transition like a grizzled like he went through he was a senator War and then, a yeah exactly and then no, see, and now he's a fighting,
1: now he's truly a fighting force saw was is a is is a fake thing just like they did for uh, a false in, flag if, <laughs> false flag like, like like into darkness when he's like his name is john whatever but it's actually khan and you know how like when they first tried to do Jabba, they had an actor play Jabba. They were going to sculpt over him. It's the same thing. But with Forrest Whitaker, they're going to sculpt over Boss Nass on top of him. Oh, <laughs> my
4: God. Like, yeah. Get yeah. Out no, of I, I think Jar uh, Jar definitely, <laughs> definitely serves in the same squad as uh, Dexter Jetster. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. like they're, they're together, and now they're, they're definitely like the gritty versions of themselves in Rogue One.
1: Well, uh, as far as again back to the opening titles, uh, <laughs> you remember we talked about the um, uh, they did a, a Skyfall opening or was it Spectre? It was Spectre. They did they, t- they took a, a song from, that was rejected for the opening of Spectre, a beautiful Radiohead song. Yeah, and they and they did an opening with Star Wars graphics and everything. I'm like, I want a real you know dark tone poem opening that really sets the mood instead of if you you know you it's probably gonna go straight into the action, which is you know it's all fine and cool, but. It just be it's what an opportunity to really make your mark and set a precedent for future spin-offs.
4: I love that idea, but I don't know about this movie. If we get like a real like like yeah, there's some espionage in this film, but it still feels very much like a war film. Mm-hmm. I think if we got like a real Star Wars espionage mm-hmm. film, I would love to see them do some sort of James Bond yeah. style, and
1: like I, I don't mean to make it like sexy like a Bond thing, but just have an open well, no, yeah,
4: clips but of the I mean movie. that's sort of homage yeah. to the style. Yeah.
0: We're either going to get nothing or something, but not a crawl, which mm-hmm. is exciting because it's different. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk more about Rogue One after the blast doors, which is, if you're new to the show, uh, that's where we save all the actual real spoilers for. Um, everything we're talking about in this section is uh, it's, it's safe. It, it might be new news. It might be insights and so on, but it's not going to be something that you're going to think that oh, State of the Empire ruined this experience for me. We're not going to play it like that. So uh, let, let's talk about some other weird, nuanced shit. Um, recently, because <laughs> that's, that's what we got. That's the show. We're gonna, we are we dig through the countless pile of transmedia. On the, the next
1: iTunes review. They dig into all the weird, nuanced nuance shit. I love we, it. We, we get if all there, up in if that there's one series,
4: if, if there's a series, though, that everybody really gets into nuances, it's definitely Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, I mean, the original trilogy has been picked apart to every single little thing.
0: And we're here to be the the archaeologists picking apart the picking apart, like so, you know, because archaeologists they they dig through fossilized shit, and that's what we do here on State of the Empire. It's it's a respectable mm-hmm. career move, and we're scholars, goddamn it. <laughs> uh, so so Topps Cards has this thing called the Tops Card Trader. Uh, it's a di- <laughs> you're just laughing.
3: You're- I love how you're like you're like we're seg- scholars, goddamn it. Seg- now tops Cards. <laughs> <laughs>
0: respectable career decision that's right (laughs) i don't know fuck it um (laughs) so i don't know fuck it (laughs) uh tops card trader it's this weird app where you get digital trading cards i've never used it quite frankly uh but there was an entertainment weekly preview of some rogue one trading cards on there that showed us some cool shit including some two two rebel mon calamari folks that are all white like uh ghost shrimp (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> like albino
0: yeah, yeah really al- albino mon calamaris huh um the uh we got a great shot of the two tubes twins the uh the one of one of which was uh debuted when his costume was shown at san diego comic-con and uh a, a card called life on Jeddah, Jeddah being the um holy land retreat and so on and we have these kind of like uh weird alien burka like visages um they're super neat looking We also have a weird note on the droid C2B5 who confused us in our last episode because on uh, the very slim Pickens Force Friday, Rogue Friday um, debut of all the merchandise, there was a black astromech droid that was getting the premium treatment in some cases being shown around a lot. And We're like, the fuck is this random astromech? Well, we don't know, but if a tweet from Star Wars is to be believed, it just showed up in an episode of Rebels. Um, in the sure. background of the episode where Wedge Antilles is uh, defects into the Rebel Alliance, huh. there is a, this Astromech unit there. And at Star Wars tweeted with an image of this droid says the uh, the Empire uses Astromechs like C two B five for various maintenance and security tasks on installations throughout the galaxy,
1: and they said with frequent memory wipes, of course. Hmm. hmm. So, 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 so the toy in question was this, like realistic like rogue one real toy looking or was this like rebels toy looking
4: yeah he has a he has a figure he has a vinyl pop figure um oh, okay that makes it more difficult and there's a third spot i believe i saw him i mean he's definitely been around well so,
1: is this that was zuvio
4: <laughs> yeah well i mean I, I was is actually, there a
1: zuvio pop vinyl i don't think it was a pop vinyl but i mean like he got and he know, ain't he, don't he, he don't matter he ain't got pop vinyl <laughs> they got vader in three different colors they got vader with a mask without a mask they got old Ben, young Ben, they got fucking Luke, don't old let, Luke. If, hey, if we list all the
0: pops are gonna be here all night. Yeah.
1: <laughs> old Han, young Han, no right. Zuvio.
2: Mm.
0: Well, the, here's the, this thing, I mean, C two B five could be I ju- I don't I mean this it seems like one of those things where they they tease a character that is ultimately just like incidental. Um, much like how we had the overexposure of Zuvio when they ultimately cut him from the film and showed great disrespect to one of what would have been one of the, the most triumphant characters in uh, the Star Wars oh, yeah, galaxy, and, uh, totally. without question. Um, anyway, uh, so we don't know. but <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 don't, we don't know. The C2B5 could be character to look out for or could be absolute background garbage.
4: C2B5 has a sideshow collectible. Like, I mean, there, I don't think even Zuvio got that. No, treatment.
0: no, he didn't. He did not. So, I mean, if there's, if there's, if there at any point is a droid carrying the Death Star plans, it's gonna be this droid. And he and I'm. Let me say this: if he if he actually gets screen time, maybe we're gonna get a heroic
3: death. Hmm. Huh. He's just saying people gonna die. Anyway? I'm I just saying. <laughs> He's just saying droid gonna blow up. He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be scrap metal. Um. <laughs> Also, he it, ju- he's just there for like one second, and then like
1: you know she. <laughs>
3: I, <don't
0: laughs> I mean, so I'm gonna scream in the theater. Nah. C2B5, yes. And then, and and then,
3: then,
1: and just then just literally, f- as he's rolling to wedge his <laughs> X-wing, explodes. the motivator, the motivator blows,
3: <laughs> yeah, wow. screeches to a halt. Uh, C2's got a bad motivator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it.
0: <laughs> um. So in other, another uh, weird stuff that's been uh, tweeted. If you're looking forward to the James Luceno book Rogue One Catalyst. Um, which comes out November fifteenth, uh, Pablo Hidalgo, keeper of well, one of the many keepers of the Lucasfilm Story Group, retweeted from a tw- a, th- a tweet that a Del publishing employee made, saying that Catalyst should be read before and after Rogue One.
2: Oh.
0: Uh-huh. the book's so nice,
1: you read it twice,
0: <laughs> or you or you read it and then stop reading it in the mm. middle, at like a like a some kind of break. And then pick it up again afterwards. I don't know. I don't.
3: I don't know what that means. Uh, or oh may- well, it's it, you know you're gonna you're gonna read it and then you're gonna see the movie and then you're gonna go back and read it again and you'll have the more insight into what that's they an, were actually talking about.
0: Oh, I feel that like there's two interpretations of this. Yeah, and that's one of them. And then yeah. there's the other one. Well, what's the other one? The other one is that maybe like readers should actively stop in the middle, beca- oh. and then read it afterwards. Okay. Which seems like a terrible way to do something, quite yeah. frankly. But it's it's possible. Okay. Now, um, as far as uh, you know, deleted content like Zuvio goes, um I, I feel we're we're kind of we're moving away from what we can talk about with with uh with Rogue One right now. Um it's getting increasingly it's all it's been a secretive film throughout its entire cycle. It's getting increasingly more secretive. Um we're getting new leaks, we're getting weird new footage, we're getting an inexplicable Gillette Razor commercial, which we'll link to on this episode's page. <laughs> it's so freaking weird too. Um,
1: like they
0: showed a lot of stuff on that. I mean, like they did, but it's the most cinematic razor commercial ever committed to film, and it might either be one composed out of Shots from the movie and starring um, a background actor who they then recast for the final, you know, for the Gillette reveal. uh, uh, Yeah, Yeah. Gillette Gillette reveal of like, hey, I'm just a dude like you. Just shave him a face, (laughs) Um, because it's here's. Let me describe this for you, and you can you you should watch it. You should watch this because it is really people at
1: Gillette are a few years at the marketing's a few years behind. Because I think someone saw the Dead Island trailer and was like, "That's what the kids like. We (laughs) got to get kids into razor blades." So it it's. it's (laughs) stardom young (laughs) (laughs) it's it's
0: the soldiers on Skarif, the tropical planet um there there's about to be a conflict between stormtroopers and rebel troopers and then all of a sudden it starts playing backwards and you see the rebel troopers go like in the up in the drop ships and then all the way back to yavin and blah blah blah, and then walking back then finally hey i'm a dude in the bathroom just gotta shave just gotta shave my face I, I was really disappointed there wasn't a, a Jen Erso one of her being like, oh, got to gotta shave my legs, going on a mission.
1: <laughs> but that dude's so glad he shaved his face before going into battle. Yeah, Oh, totally. Well, he, he looks so good. He looks like a
0: million bucks. He looks I mean, fresh. He's... One of those stormtroopers is just going to kiss him. They're like, shit, I can't kill you. You're too handsome. Yeah, yeah.
1: man. You ain't the dirty rebel scum. You're like some clean, metrosexual-looking well, <laughs> rebel. Yeah, <but laughs> man. They're, well,
3: they're trying to change their image. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, rebel scum. Like, it, you, you know, you gotta... <laughs> You shave that off. You gotta shave the scum off, and then, <laughs> then you gotta clean the the basin yeah, yeah. because the, the soap scum. So, so have a look at this. You, There's you know, it. It's the then that is literal <laughs> that is rebel, rebel scum. scum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the production values are through the roofs. Through roof, and it may actually be like made from footage from the film. They may have actually taken this extra out of the movie and said, "Hey, we're gonna highlight you in this commercial." That could have actually
1: happened. We don't know. Or they mm-hmm. just were like, you know, they're on the different sets. And were like, they knew full in advance they wanted to film a battle scene like that. And they said, all right, we're going to bring one red camera and this one extra and just have them run around. Yeah, who you knows? Know. But I, I can't even imagine coordinating something
3: like this. I don't. It seems pretty, I mean, if this isn't a part of the movie, it seems pretty significant. It's, I mean, they they really they, use they, the they, sets. They, like, this guy going to get his of money into vinyl?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Hold a little razor.
3: Oh, man. He that. is the astromech. <laughs> <laughs> He well he gets shot by the stormtroopers and then you he's know, put that, in that those the were the last communicators in Phantom Menace. Yeah. They he's were, the one, uh,
4: Lady Shavers. Yep. Yeah, he's <laughs> the one who wipes the
1: droid memories. That's his job when they're not in the fight. When they're back at base, he, he's the right. mem- droid memory wiper.
3: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it looks very similar to a Gillette
0: razor, the wiper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also coming out November fifteenth is the Force Awakens Collector's Edition, uh, which features a lot of new deleted scenes, possibly even the deleted content with Zubio. Very possible. We'll, we'll link to where you can get a preview of one of these scenes online. It features... It's Unkar Plutz's long-discussed confrontation with Rey in Maz Kanata's castle he tracked her down to there. And, uh, boy, it's garbage. And I'm so glad they cut it from the movie. It's a hot turd. If you thought, if you thought that the member berries of Force Awakens had <laughs> gone too far, um, you had... Man... You ain't seen nothing because this is the tributary of Maz Kanata's castle to the Mos Eisley Cantina. Um, it just keeps going because you how about how about a scene where a guy gets his arm taken off? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah.
4: It's by, shameful. By, by no less by the Wookiee.
1: Yeah. Oh. I mean, like, and Car following her all the way. Unbelievable. Just for the Millennium Falcon, this piece of shit ship that was sitting in his
4: junkyard? Hey, 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 that thing made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Yeah,
1: like 30 years ago, and it sat in the (laughs) desert ever since collecting rust. If it was so precious to him, why didn't he ever use it for anything? You know? Like, I don't know. I don't buy it. I don't buy that he would follow her just because, unless he wants the droid, but then again, it's like,
4: no, it's terrible. It was a terrible idea, yeah. and thank God it got cut. <laughs> it still it still appears in the Force Awakens novelization, so I don't know about, uh, canonicity. Mm. I mean, maybe it happened. I guess
0: ultimately, it's a negligible event. But thank God it's not in the film. God, I mean, well, I mean, actually, yeah. you know what? I wish it was in the film because then all of the 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 problematic elements of Rogue One would have been further highlighted. Of oh dear, this is kind of a retread. You mean uh, uh, Force uh sorry, Awakens. Force Awakens? Yeah. Yes um i'm staring at the word (laughs) wrong presently um but let's move on to han solo which has some of the really some of the biggest news in between episodes here um as you know for the past two episodes i've been championing uh shameek moore as uh lando and unfortunately the internet won and as much as i like donald glover i'm sad to say donald glover is lando i
3: don't think that's unfortunate i think that's great he could do a fine job he's gonna be great yeah. I, I've, been, awesome.
4: uh, I've had the pleasure of, of going through Atlanta for the last couple days and I have absolutely no issues whatsoever with him playing he, it, that show is so good and he is terrific and I, I really think he's going to do an amazing job. Do you hear Dude, what his, I, I hope uh, he
1: does. Do you hear what his mom said? No. Uh, apparently yeah. the word got out. He's just like Mom, I'm, I'm Lando and the first thing she said was like don't screw it up. Yeah. Because she's, nice. she's because she apparently get, she, she, that was like I was her guy. Yeah. Lando, Lando was, was was her man, and uh, now her son's going to be playing. It's like, oh, I'm so proud of you, son. You're going to do well. It's like, don't screw this up for me. Like, <laughs> and he was like, I got the pressure now. I got to do well because mom, mom, mom told me to do
3: good. Wow. Do you think they're going to have a uh, Childish Cambino track at the end of Rogue One? <laughs> well, I don't know
4: because... That's, that's how it's going
3: to open. Oh, my God. Yes, and they could use, uh, at the end of it, it'll be like one of those movie, uh, those movie tie-in songs that, have, that takes like clips from the song. Uh, clips from the movie into yeah. the song. Oh my god, guys!
4: This is and crazy. they just they just regurgitate the plot of the movie that you just saw.
3: Yes, in in Rogue One. Well, that's the trailer okay, music. Guess, you know, actually, this is, I
4: mean the
0: the credits music. <laughs> um, the my my favorite podcast that that we don't that's not one we make. Um, Beyond <laughs> Yacht Rock, they've they invent musical genres or they they you know they look at all the. The, the music material out there and find new genres that already, you know, are previously existing. Um, there's one that they've been working on for a long time called Plot Rock which generally <laughs> centers around film and the first one that they unleashed recently uh, for Halloween was Horror Wrap Ups. Specifically rap songs dealing with uh the plots of horror movies and collecting all that into a single like Leprechaun rap three sequence. or something. Uh like... the, the Leprechaun one did not make it, but only because they couldn't find a clean cut of it. It was never released as a standalone track. Ooh. Um but but mm. almost all the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack made it on that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started on that one. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll link to that. It's a great episode. But yeah, some it's not it's not a horror wrap up, but <laughs> but yeah. a, a, a Han Solo wrap up would be, you know, Orlando Calrissian, of course, in this case would mm-hmm. be would be awesome. Um, now the uh, but the tone the tone of the film, even though we have these comedy directors, uh, Lord Miller doing this, that might actually this this film might not be what we think it is. It might not be the the Lando comedy romp that we're expecting here. Um, because they recently announced the cinematographer was going to be Bradford Young, who's extremely talented, highly decorated, uh, young guy who's basically buzzing and him being on this movie is unusual. He thought it was unusual too. And here's some quotes from him from a recent interview. He says, it's funny. Here's the thing about Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Don't let their track record fool you. Don't put those guys in a box because they have a vision. They know exactly what they want. They have no hidden agenda, but they do have an agenda. They have a way of seeing that's very special, and their collaboration is genuinely unique. So I have to say, I had to get converted into that. I respect their work. I respect them as filmmakers, but I wasn't quite sure if there would be a good marriage between what I'm trying to pursue in the work and what I'm doing and what they're doing. But they helped me make that real clear early on by expressing some real interesting story and photographic ideas that really resonated with me. So once they started really pulling me into that world, I realized how much these cats have come from the same pedagogy of filmmaking, in the visual sense for sure, and definitely from an approach in terms of how we want to make movies. They come from the same school. These cats are subversive. Don't let it fool you. They are prepared to say exactly what they want to say, and it's complex, it's layered, it's smart, it's visual, it's dramatic, it's funny, it's uneasy, it's unexpected.
3: I'm honored to have them in the list of directors I've worked with, that's for sure. What is the, what has he worked on? Like, what's his body of work?
4: He is the cinematographer for Arrival. Oh,
3: okay. Upcoming sci-fi drama, um,
4: which visually looks just—I mean—absolutely stunning. Um, Selma, A Most Violent Year. I mean, he's extremely talented. It is on like the current list of like the it cinematographers.
3: But he's very much a dramatic cinematographer. Exactly. Like, oh yeah, we're I, d- I
4: don't think he's done comedy thus far in his like feature-length repertoire. Which is why this and quote suggests that we're going
1: to see did, something really did unusual. He, did he? Did he, was, did he? Was it him or was it someone else? Uh, attached to the project that said that there's a movie that they're going for. There's a tone that they're going for that's similar to another movie that they've been like that's been like their guide. And if I were to tell you what that movie was, it would give everything away. So I can't tell you what the movie was, hmm. but but they, they have several movies in mind, one more than the other. I and don't know that quote. It, that's it, cool. this, yeah, it, um, and that got my mind racing as to like, well, what are the movies that they're probably referencing, and what is the one movie that they're like super aiming for? And I started to think of. Uh, you know movies were similar in tone like two people teaming up maybe they're you know on the other side of the law and uh there there's one that i want it to be and there's one that i think it really is the one that i want it to be is dirty rotten scoundrels mm. <laughs> because you know you got lando and on uh, solo but it's not that the one i think they're based on his history of that serious drama type of thing and something that's visionary and it changes things i'm thinking butch cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah, that's, a, that's what I was thinking. But th- there's a lot of comedy
3: in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, too. Well, I'm, su- I'm sure there's <laughs> going to be it's comedy It's very dramatic, this, but yeah. it's just like, there's a lot of...
1: I, I'm, I'm I'm certain there's going to be laughs in this, because it's... Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, well, Hans it's in and, and Han Solo. Yeah, yeah you can't not so, have and, it. And, you know, them palling around the galaxy and stuff, and uh, supposedly how he... May or may not lose the Falcon to him in the first place. I don't know. Right. But but either way.
0: Yeah, a Hollywood reporter journalist uh, Boris Kitt revealed on Twitter that a couple sources have told him that the that this film will reveal how Han won the Millennium Falcon from Lando. Interesting.
3: Maybe it's just a movie that's just that. He's
1: just it's playing just, it's just the card game.
0: Yeah. It's
1: just Sabak. hmm Yeah.
0: Well, it'll be like almost Gotham, the Batman the Animated Series episode. They're just yeah. going to be playing cards and telling stories. Yeah,
1: that's I'll just, it. I'll say it'll be like Casino Royale, but without any car chases or action scenes. Just
0: like. <laughs> uh, so the uh, the female lead who we, we and many other people speculate could actually be the, the character from the comic book who says she's Han Solo's wife, Sana Staros. Uh, she's being cast presently, and it is down to, as far as we know, three Three actors here. Uh, Tessa Thompson, who is in Selma and Creed, Naomi Scott from Power Rangers, and Zoe Kravitz. They've all done screen tests. Um, and then one final Han Solo note. In issue four of the Han Solo comic, which is great, by the way. It's fantastic. When it gets collected, you should you should pre order it now and and look forward to it being delivered to you in the mail via our Amazon links. Go to nerdyshow.com slash Amazon or or li- follow the links on this episode's page to pre-order a shit ton of awesome Star Wars stuff. They In this issue, issue four, they have a hover tank from Rogue One. Mm. And Matt pointed out that... Uh, Han Solo sure does a little bit, look a little bit like Alden Ehrenrick on uh, some of these uh, some ah. of these
4: panels. Yeah, we're we're gonna start to see that transition pretty soon, if not like I mean I think they're definitely getting there, but I think it's gonna become full fledged pretty soon.
1: Would you say this comic was on par with uh, the Lando comic series? Uh oh, that's tough because it hasn't ended yet,
0: but it very easily could be. Um, mm. I think Lando had a lot of charm because it was a, it was a very encapsulated story that took place in an extremely narrow. Um, environment mm-hmm. and this han solo thing it's like it imagine the fucking greatest f zero comic you could you could imagine <laughs> and it's it's like all about like the racers going out and like mm-hmm. like doing stuff when they're in between legs of the race or whatever hmm. it's like that um or maybe cannonball run kind of okay. i don't know <laughs> but like it's 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 fantastic is it, it
3: like the seven sabers like are they doing is it what's it the plot is that
0: uh, uh, Han's... Leia needs Han to pick up some informants because they're about to get found out. Uh-huh. And in order to... Where is this in the timeline? Uh, this is in between uh, New Hope and Empire. Okay. And, oh, okay. Um, okay. And in order to mask their extraction, she foot the bill for Han Solo to race in the race he's been dreaming about his entire life. Um, the, it's called like the Dragon Void Run. And it's like it's the race to end all races. And so not only is he trying to do his mission in it, but he's also like, I'm going to fucking finish this race. I'm going to do it. And, it. and it's about him and the other people racing it and their weird like drama and interaction and so on. And the so yeah, he's doing the, the mission
1: and the race at the same time. Yeah. Damn. It's good. It's real good. You know, I hope I take back what I said about uh, Butch Cassidy and nights. I think their number one movie reference will be Cannonball Run.
4: <laughs>
1: i'd see that movie oh,
3: K- yeah i'd Kessel see a star wars version of right. cannibal run hell yeah castle yeah, run the movie yeah, yeah. can it be
4: more can it be more wacky races than cannonball run
3: <laughs> mix them both cannonball run too man yeah that made
1: it a little <laughs> uh, that went all sorts that, so, the okay rails. so what's it gonna be cannibal run or smoking in the bandit it well you know you bring up a valid point um wouldn't
0: it make so much sense to not only see how he gets the Millennium Falcon, but also see him do the Kessel Run in this uh, film?
2: Ah,
3: it wouldn't.
2: hmm Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, because especially since um, that's all they... That, that was like the I thing just, that they talked about. I just
4: want this film to explain every line he's ever said in all three <laughs> films.
3: Which I think would suck. Um
4: <laughs> No, it would. It would. But, and, and just going back to that Bradford Young quote, like, if anybody's really watched any of the Lord and Miller films, like... It's pretty obvious. I mean, they are very smart, subversive filmmakers. Even in things like Jump Street that seem obvious, there's so much going on about what those movies are saying about movies themselves. And I really think... And Lego Movie's kind of the same way. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, it's really... I think it's going to be a pretty special movie. I'm more excited about that than I am episode 8.
1: Just need more, more... Just ruin more classic lines from the original trilogy. Like at the end, Han is talking to Sana Solo before she's solo. And he's just like... Hey, you know, why don't you stick around? We could use someone like you. And she goes, well, what good's a reward if you ain't around to use it? Bye. And leaves. And he's like, oh, I remember that line. I hope he does time. the
4: Kessel Run in 14 parsecs. And then lies and about it. And it turns out he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be fucking great. Uh, oh,
0: okay, so um, episode eight, we had we had so much news about it months ago, and it's dried up. It's yeah. dried right up. They're well, they go-
1: stopped filming. I mean, well, they finish filming, rather.
0: Yeah, or like, and anything they they are doing is behind closed doors. But we're getting some weird stuff coming from some weird places. First of all, mentioned as a little Willow Watch teaser, Warwick Davis is in it, but he was also in, um, he was also in episode seven as a background character in Maz Kanata's castle. So uh, don't get too excited, like I did, thinking that they were going to show Wicket's
1: death on screen. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're just canonizes like they're going to. Uh- Willow's actual planet canonized the entirety of Willow as yes. part of the Star Wars universe. There you go. Yeah, yeah.
0: make it happen. Make it so. Um, In my so... mind,
4: it already is.
0: <laughs> so what we do have is we have some weird costuming rumors coming out of makingstarwars.net. And rumors, that, though they are, um, Making Star Wars is a pretty, high, pretty good track record, and um, they, they, they've been informed by sources about these costuming elements. So we're going to see the Imperial Guards. The first order version of the imperial guards in this. Hmm. Um, who are they guarding? Snoke. We don't know, but that's a good guess. Um, they have a strange visor on them with Under Armour and cuffed sleeves and armor under the robes. Um, we're also going to see the new, a new version of the imperial gunners, and uh, there's a particular stormtrooper in the film who has the nickname the Executioner. And this is not a necessarily a kind of stormtrooper, but a particular individual stormtrooper with his own thing going on. Hmm. Um, like
1: Captain Phasma kind of thing?
0: Uh not that severe, but like maybe this is the kind of maybe if he actually has say an executioner role or something, this is like this a special ops kind of dude. There's not many of them. You're not going to see a, a troop of them in any one place. Is
3: he the one that's played by um uh the Mad Max guy? Um Tom Hardy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I think, so. Tom,
4: I think Tom Hardy's role wasn't that one specific to like recognizing Finn yeah he was supposedly? like sl-
3: slapping him on the butt right something like that that's what you guys said
0: yeah we say all kinds of things I don't remember <laughs> but th- this guy he has a weird bladed battalion weapon it's like imagine the baton from the prior film but instead of that like forked lightsaber battling thing it's like the inside of a blender like the blades in a blender hmm. with blades in a blender on top of them hmm. like spinning thr- tri blade thing um and he has a matte black line that goes h- over half of his mask on one side and okay. uh they've they've drawn up a very uh basic sketch on making star wars which we'll link to this is not an official art thing this is basic this is basically here's what i saw let me draw w- draw you what i saw to try to help explain yeah, it, this better.
4: It, it, yeah, it, it didn't really do much for me, sadly. Like, I hope it's cooler looking in the movie. Yeah,
0: because I saw this and I was like, this looks like a fan thing. This looks ridiculous. But
1: uh, Maybe I it's d- an upgrade for the traitor. <laughs> it could be. What um, was his designation again? Uh, TR? No, no, that was the fan designation, but his real designation was nines? It, yeah, because it was
0: FN something something and then two nines. I yeah. Think. Um, uh, there's a rumor that Finn's going to fight the executioner parallel to his battle in The Force Awakens, but this time he'll have to do it alone with Nohan Solo to save him. Hmm. Um, that might FN, be FN2187
3: has to do it. Has yeah. a fight.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um, and, and one last piece. According to Making Star Wars, Kylo Ren has a slight costume change in this film. Oh. He's wearing uh, a Darth Vader cape in Episode 8, Sans the Chain Clasp. Uh, it's unclear if it's actually meant to be vader's cape but if it is the same exact cut and style of ca- of the cape
3: is he gonna be like i mean he got his ass wrecked
1: by ray <laughs> i mean like truly like that's where to gonna, wear that mask to cover that big ugly scar yeah
3: no shit I'm, i mean like his side so- he got shot by a you know a, a bowcaster, bowcaster. Yeah. i mean he, he went through some shit and so if he shows up at the beginning of Seven or something like that. That's not going to make it... She didn't look for him, for Luke, very long. I'm just saying.
4: Yeah, I know. That seems to be a general complaint that people seem to have about the idea that the movie takes place so quick after. Yeah. Is if, like... I mean, they spent a long time looking for... for, You know, supposedly looking for Luke. And then it's just like, well, that plot element wasn't too... Well, they found the map. What more do you want? Like, they found the missing piece. The piece they were looking for. Who? I mean... The the good guys did. Yeah. But I'm saying like if if the bad guys are going to start inter, inter, intervening.
3: Right, if they like, show up like, you know, in the middle of her training or Which is what like I'm that.
4: I'm thinking is going to happen because
1: yeah. otherwise
4: it's not interesting. Sure. Yeah. Well, they must have planted a tracking beacon aboard the Falcon. The Falcon. Yeah, it's not the first time <laughs> they have oh, done that. in That's the what deleted I'm scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um that would be every single trilogy then because they did the same thing in Attack the Clones. So we <laughs> went through the i mean it's just it's too easy i hope they don't do that
0: <laughs> all too easy moving over to books comics and otherwise um matt you you called it you uh there was a, a mysterious star wars ongoing series announced in the wake of darth vader being canceled and i'm un, i'm unhappy to say and you're unhappy to say too you are right
1: mm-hmm. tell your sister <sighs> you were right <laughs>
0: there's dr afra the uh the character created in the Darth Vader comic is getting her own series um which will also feature the droids and wookiee bounty hunter all of which were cooler than doctor afra um, yeah
4: i mean that's nice i guess
0: yeah uh they a- according to starwars.com she was a standout character she was a breakout character everybody loved her but i don't know a single person for whom that's true
4: Seriously, I I need to find, I need to meet somebody who feels this way about those characters, because I just don't understand, I, you know, they're not terrible, I just, I couldn't believe how much after her introduction she continued to to be in that series.
1: Yeah, I kept waiting for her to be useful,
4: because we we already talked about this, like the idea is that they
1: keep throwing her at characters with plot armor on, so therefore she has to lose, therefore Mm -hmm. I don't feel threatened by her, I don't know, I just don't.
0: Here's the thing I've got. Um, I have a theory. We've mentioned in a lot of cases how it's possible the reason the Star Wars comics that aren't the miniseries feel stale is that they're constantly Mm -hmm. under editorial pressure to not do too much cool stuff because awesome ideas ultimately get cannibalized and scouted for the movies and so on. For example, the introduction of Sana Staros, a.k.a. Sana Solo, if she is in the Han Solo film, she hasn't done much in the Star Wars series. She's still a a background character, but she really hasn't done much after this huge reveal that got a ton of press. Is it because they said, oh, shit, we want to use her in the movie? And now they can't do anything with her. Mm -hmm. Um, It's possible that the Darth Vader series, which wasn't ongoing for the longest time, ultimately couldn't accomplish much because they couldn't they found themselves unable to do things with Darth Vader that they wanted to. They had some great Vader moments in it, but all, like in in the handful of issues that Brian Wood wrote as the Star Wars series that existed just prior to Dark Horse losing the publishing rights to Marvel, it had more cool standalone Darth Vader stuff in it than not I mean this Darth Vader series had more issues, but just it, it proved that there could you could do
3: a, a book that's just Darth Vader doing awesome stuff. Well, it's because he had more creative... In, in, what you're, in your line of thinking, it's because yes. he had more creative freedom to be able to do it because everything was already established and there wasn't anything that was happening with that character that would strip away what exactly. they were doing. Yeah. I know Kieran Gillen is a great writer, yeah. but
0: this Darth Vader book, while it has great moments and it's cool and it's a fun read, is weak by comparison to his other work. Um, and I think that they're doing a Dr. Afra comic because they, uh, to allow them to tell fun stories in the Star Wars universe unaffected by major characters who they're not actually allowed to explore in any kind of meaningful way. And I think we're probably going to see a lot more of that. Cap. And if so, maybe we'll start to like Dr. Afra. Maybe once Darth Vader isn't around to like muck with her story, there'll be something to her. But,
4: yeah, uh, I can see that yeah, because you're right. You can see that the like there's good writing in it and there's cool moments. And I don't think like I certainly don't think the Darth Vader series is garbage by any means. But like, yeah, it was it was just stale and huh, you know. And um, but for now, I uh, still am disappointed that it's Afra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly,
0: eh, exactly. Um, but hey, let's talk about Ahsoka. We actually have a short review for ahsoka written on the star wars spoilers facebook group that we run by stephen peckham a quick plug for our facebook groups we we're of course state of the empire is on facebook as a page you can like but if you like to go behind the blast doors you should definitely seek out the star wars spoilers facebook group that's where all the dirty discussions happen um and this is where stephen peckham posted this review In a word, this book was stunning. The audiobook was read by Ashley Eckstein, and she did a phenomenal job. A few main points I'd like to bring up that made me really love this book. A very interesting take on how kyber crystals work for Jedi and Sith. It's so much more than just finding a crystal of a particular color, and I love that. It all but proves for me that Ilium becomes Starkiller base. Maybe that's stoking my ego a bit there, but I don't care. Been saying that since The Force Awakens came out, and it feels uh, feels good to nail it. And then seeing Ahsoka's transition from the person we see leaving the Jedi towards becoming Fulcrum was really fun to see, and I hope that we get more of her as time goes on. However, um, Matt, I believe you have a different opinion of the book.
4: Yeah, I don't think it's a bad book, and and it's certainly well written, and I think Ahsoka's done well, but they, the macro story, it, it's almost like they didn't know when they wanted it to take place, because there's not, there's some very Vague references to how long after. And every ship that she encounters, there's no like, oh, then a TIE fighter showed up, or then a Imperial Star Destroyer showed up, or a Carillion Freighter. It was always very vague terms with no descriptions of what any of the ships looked like. The walkers weren't ATATs, they were just Imperial Walkers. And, you know, the stormtroopers had begun to phase out the clone troopers. And like they weren't too certain how long, and apparently now, as it turns out, it only took place according to, you know, the the sort of timeline for, for the canon, is that it it's a year after Revenge of the Sith. But yet, there's full-fledged Inquisitors, there's, um, I mean, the Imperial presence is enough that they have conscripted soldiers as, you know, like, trained stormtroopers, which I guess a year is fine for that, but, like, they really made it seem like the Empire was established. And that the sort of horrors that everybody had, you know, like, it was already something that everyone's like, oh, this is a bad idea. But meanwhile, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, everybody was clapping that the Empire was here. Mm -hmm. You know, so there was a very strange, like, sudden turnaround that this book does not do a good job showing. The lightsaber crystal stuff is really cool. Like, the whole idea that, like, it's not... The color is is sort of it it tunes your, you know, it. I guess tunes to the user into its blue and green and purple variants, and that if it was a you know a, a a dark side user, it bleeds red and things like that. And um, but yeah, there's something really off with the continuity in this book,
0: which is such a shame because Rebels does it so well. Yeah, and and presumably Dave Filoni had a strong hand in helping this book along because it, it comes from el- plot elements repurposed from what was supposed to be the final season of clone wars. Um, and yet apparently, I mean like that does, that does sound like genuine continuity problems that do- yeah, doesn't it, show the shift. It's
4: just, I, so now they're leading me to leave rebels takes place five years before a new hope. And this takes place a year after of the Sith. And there's like 18 years in between episodes three and four. So now you're telling me that, like, Ahsoka was, has been doing her thing now with Bail Organa for, what, 12 years before meeting the, uh, uh, the cast of Rebels? So, like, I mean, she's been, like, a thorn. And, like, basically the Rebellion apparently doesn't really have a formal structure for 12 years and then suddenly is now ramping up to what we see in, in Rogue One. Like it's it's just I, I don't know. There's something very off about it, to me.
0: Uh, also, it does something interesting in that it it drops in on Obi Wan near the end for an interlude chapter.
4: Yeah, there's some strange. I mean, it, it, taking you know just kind of like the the aftermath books. There's some very random like uh, interludes that don't end up playing into the larger plot, but are just kind of giving you an idea of what's going else going on elsewhere in the galaxy, or in Ahsoka's case, flashbacks to what happened during and just after Order 66. And there is one that is just Obi-Wan communing and reflecting on, uh, on his duties on Tatooine, and basically communing with Qui-Gon. So it's nice to see that going on. I hope it's a hint of what's to come.
3: Yeah, but, uh, and I guess we'll get into that.
0: Would, would it behind be, the blast doors, would
3: it be okay? Yeah. It would it be okay in your mind if it wasn't a year after Revenge of the Sith? Because like, where did you get that information that it was a year after the Revenge of the Sith? Is it in the book specifically? Um,
4: there's some vague, vague mentions of it being about a year, but that information has just come from online sources. I mean, official sources, but. You know, it's gotcha,
3: but I mean, it could it could potentially they so could be it, like if
0: if they change their tune, yeah, they could easily make this Fixable? happen at a more acceptable like time, five period years later, or and
4: something. fix it. I, I believe so. Yeah, nothing nothing in that book screamed to me a, a definitive time period. I don't know. They just the empire in that. I mean. <laughs> It Just seems visually... too
3: like they they got their new logo, they got their new uniforms, they got their new this way after before. And also, yeah, and also that the g- huge generally the galaxy
4: hates them and finds them oppressive. Like right. I don't know. Like you're you're
3: right. That would not have <laughs> happened immediately. Not when they were like you have to learn that it's a bad thing. Right? Because they, they were the Republic. Like the Empire is the Republic. Like the 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 thought and the uh What people would think about the Republic would not shift.
1: In yeah, for year. the first year, it'd be like we're, we're united. We're yeah. a united empire. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. beat we beat the separatists. Look what you did. Yeah, yeah. And then, ooh
3: no! Oh yeah. no! Oh, and it, Jeez, yeah. Oh, yeah. you enslaved
0: that planet, though. Ooh. Yeah, Ugh. don't oh, do no, it again. No, okay. or we're yeah, gonna yeah, protest. We're, yeah, we're yeah. okay.
3: I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, you know, they got. Uh, you know, and Palpatine's got, you know, our maybe, best maybe uh, thing Yeah, maybe they were, you know,
1: all uh, separatists trying to restart the separatist movement.
3: Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, well, they, well. Well, I knew, I
1: knew people they just on killed that killed that whole
3: group of Gungans. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: but now, <laughs> Matt, can you explain the, the crystal thing? Because I, I didn't read the novel, but I I got to be honest. It sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Well, <laughs> but, Doug, <but, laughs> you
0: were with me when Dave Filoni first explained this publicly at uh, at Star Wars Celebration
1: in, in uh, Anaheim. Yeah, but I don't... It wasn't officially canon, really?
2: Like, it wasn't it came, written down? It came out of his mouth.
1: But I don't... But I was hoping that somehow... Because I don't... Explain to me how this isn't just mood ring bullshit.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, my... my, I mean, my issue with it, Doug, is kind of similar in that regard. What bothers me is so... They were very definitive on the way a red lightsaber crystal works. If you want to see Pablo Hidalgo spend hundreds of text... Or, I'm sorry, tweets like... Trying to explain it to people as if it's something that like needs to be understood. Like I don't know why he that, wasn't. Yeah, just, like, that kind of that's my that,
1: that sets my uh, klaxon alert off because I don't. The, you know
4: like, the, why the, is the it that everybody lights, has the to red, have lightsaber, a red lightsaber thing? Yeah, yeah, the red lightsaber thing was very you know particular that like a dark sider because they've been corrupted essentially bleeds the like the crystal red. Um, but that goes
3: against that goes against like what they're talking about in Rebels, like what the Bendu's talking dude, about. I was just gonna bring and, that and up. And he was talking about how like it's 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 not necessarily about, you know, these dark side what do you call the the two different aspects of, yeah, dude, of the force. dude. Uh, Bendu and, well, was
1: Bendu was all like, Oh, Jedi and Sith, you you you, you poor little fools. Like you yeah, like you don't know what you're talking about. You're, like the force is so much bigger. Yeah. But then, you're
4: also you're also making the assumption that what Bendu is telling you is how it is. Like remember, that's also his opinion. Now, that, that was, that was something that came up in the it, old but, Expanded no, Universe. But, no, but I'm just saying, like, there were characters that came around that had a lot of agency that came around and said, you know, oh, by the way, this whole thing, like, yeah, you can use Force Lightning, and it, if you do it for a good reason, you're still light side. Like, just chill out on the whole dark side, light side thing. And then, as it turned out, well, they were also being very manipulative in what they were saying for their own purposes. Right, but but, but go ahead. I'm, not, I'm basically saying I don't know if I fully trust Bendu yet as a character i mean we'll see i like him he's Uh, cool just because i don't know
1: but just because he says it doesn't mean you know it's canon but he's bringing up something that that fans have been saying forever it's like dude the the force is a living thing it's not your good force your bad force it's not duality it's 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 life like you can have you can have that grayscale look at uh, characters like dar uh revan you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's something that transcends no, I, just Sith. I, There's not just Sith and Jedi. And yeah, and by
3: making it so that all Sith have the red lightsaber. Yeah. Because well, these see, crystals say,
1: fun. you're a bad guy, that means you're red. Yeah, the crystals have a morality compass built into them? Right. Like, what the fuck? And who says red is a bad color?
4: Right. Hey, 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 hey. Look, I, 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 I agree with you. I'm just saying... What's you know been coming up so far and what bothers me most about that is establishing something as canon that I guarantee you some young filmmaker is going to come in and he's going to be the new hot shit and he's going to write a script and he's like, you know what, my dark Darksider uses an orange lightsaber because nobody's done that and that's cool. And they're all going to, and, and the story group's going to go, oh, you can't do orange because we said that Darksiders bleed it red. And he's going to, you know what? Fuck you. I'm putting, I'm making it orange because this is a movie and I'm the director and I'm the writer, et cetera, et cetera. And they're going to have to rewrite the 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 canon.
1: Yeah. But yeah. that's that goes against everything they were saying with this new story group. We're like, from here on out, we're going to keep everything yeah. in line. And it's like, dude, already I'm seeing. Pl- so anyway, I we got off topic, but please. So just briefly, can you summarize what the colors mean now in this uh color wheel and and, and this all uh... does this all does tie into and why if the death star is powered by
0: kyber crystals why is the laser green yeah and the
2: the,
1: can you explain this equivalent of a a buzzfeed quiz on your facebook wall of what saber (laughs) you should have
4: i honestly it would probably be better uh, to link on the, the page what paulo's explanation was and I, I i will i will send yeah. that information how many colors are,
1: is, are possible is it is it the entire visual color spectrum or is it only like four base colors
4: well five because soka's using white lightsabers yeah do they explain in, uh, that
1: uh Filoni did and he said that's because she's
3: um in, in a in a place of, of balance. She yeah, she's neither Sith oh, nor Jedi. She she is like the Bendu. Garbage. Like she is like the Bendu in yeah. that she is Well you
1: can. You're either if you're good or you're
3: bad. You can't be a mix. That doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> get
1: the hell out of here.
3: Well, you know, orange is avarice and uh green is will and <laughs> but blue is hope. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep, 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 yep.
0: <laughs> so um yeah, we we will we will link to that on this episode's page. Um I, I'm i I'm curious to see a distillation of that series of tweets. Uh it's it's a lot to go through. Um so but pertaining to Obi Wan having this cutaway scene in the Ahsoka novel, uh it's one of many weird seeds where we've been talking about how people want this Obi Wan film or films to exist. Meanwhile, we see in the Star Wars comics all these cutaways basically affirming that these are the stories being told during his time on Tatooine. There's no room for him to have ever had any kind of adventure off world. Um, but, but the rumors keep coming, as does like, the, the continual seed of interaction with Obi Wan uh, mm. and stuff that we're going to, like, maybe this is going to come in an unexpected place. And we'll be talking about this behind the Blast Doors um, a little bit. But uh suffice it to say that Ewan McGregor is uh Ewan McGregor might not be done with Star Wars because in an interview with uh Bang Showbiz, Dave Filoni said he's hoping to convince him to be uh Obi-Wan on uh on Rebels. And um he, he said "He said this, He is absolutely someone on our radar. We would love to have him be a part of the show for sure. We're interested in anybody really that performed in the films. It's always great to have that direct tie-in, to have people that have portrayed the character before. I do have a unique situation with Obi-Wan as James Arnold Taylor was my Obi-Wan in Clone Wars for a long time. So I used him early on in Star Wars Rebels. Uh, that was meant as a nod to people who had watched the anime, that animated series. Um, and then... Um, Recently, Ewan McGregor once again drudged up his own interest in Obi-Wan films very recently. He said in an interview with French Premiere, I've always thought that there was a story to tell between my last one and Alec Guinness's first one. Mm. Uh, It would be a fun film uh, to do now that I'm older. I'd be the right age. I'm 45. Alec Guinness was, what, 60? Mm -hmm. I could do two of them. I don't know how long he's in the desert there, but it's got to be 20 or 30 years. Oh, oh, poor naive Ewan. That does make a sense, doesn't it? But unfortunately, mm-hmm. those two sons double-aged, Japal. It was only 15 more, years. That's more bullshit.
1: <laughs> I ain't acknowledging that. Yes, yeah, double-aged. Yeah. Come on, Doug. Get behind it. Yeah, It's but, real. <laughs> but in April, he did, he did say uh, to
0: Collider that Lucasfilm had never approached him about it, at least to that point. Um, so let's jump to Rebels. What we can say, one, it's been great two, you should totally watch it and three we're going to be talking about it more after the blast doors um but in that episode we we mentioned earlier on where they had wedge antilles in the show which is really cool they also had uh Derek Hobby Kilvian who if you remember the name Hobby he's one of the like primo screen time fighter folks in <laughs> X-Wing fighters, X-wing fighters and, yeah. yeah
1: yeah it's the Battle of Hoth right yeah yeah, yeah.
0: now um Here's the also thing.
4: a major character in the X-Wing uh, novel series. That's
0: what I meant. Yeah, there you go. Here's the thing. Uh, he, he, his appearance also points to some further continuity problems that are starting to crop up here. There's the, the, as for, for people who are like us like really Keeping scrutinizing score. these details, there are an increasing amount of problems happening. In the expanded universe, Hobby was known to have been a classmate of Biggs, Darklighter, and have been part of a squad of cadets that defected to the Empire aboard the ship, the Rand Ecliptic. Which, okay, expand a universe. That doesn't matter. Um, however, one, it was referenced in part in the deleted scene with Biggs from A New Hope. So maybe that counts. Maybe it doesn't. It was but deleted. T- I would assume not. But, but two, here's the most important thing. We've been talking uh, ever since Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim about the, uh, the ultimate Star Wars um, book. It's called Ultimate Star Wars, and it was allegedly like, hey, you want to know what's canon and what isn't now that all the uh, expanded right. universe has been done away with? Well, here it is. This is canon. And that expanded universe backstory for Hobby was in there in full. It mentioned his defection um, and uh, as, as, as it was originally portrayed, and now we've seen his defection, and it's not even remotely that.
4: Ready to pop the question?
3: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Which is fine, and it's totally it totally matters to practically no one. Um but it is a it is a sign It that, matters to that like me. when when they say something is canon, it is canon until proven otherwise. Right. Because, it's
1: canon from a certain point
0: of view. Right. The ultimate Star Wars was canon until it was counter- counteracted. It, as a tertiary reference material, right. is no longer foolproof. Right.
3: And I, I, yes. think, I think the thing with Rebels is, uh, it's a, I think it's a great show. They're killing it with Thrawn. He's amazing. Um, but what I'm having taking a little bit of issue with is that, man, they're sneaking into places and putting on costumes a lot.
1: <laughs> a lot of hallways. Yeah, yeah man. It's just yeah.
3: like God. Can we just do something else? Like, all right, Sabine, it's your turn to put on the costume I, 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 and know, get on in there. I feel All you. right, Ezra, it's time to put on the costume and get on Break in. there Break him out of a jail cell. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like you know. Oh, you get you get to be a scout trooper this time, Ezra. Yeah. Yay! Oh, you get to be a fighter, tie fighter pilot this I'm, time. I'm Sabine. with you on
1: this, but I, I give him. I only give him benefit of the doubt because I'm assuming this is a budgetary restraint. Like Man, they got you know. more
3: money. I mean, that, that show is so fucking popular. Yeah, There's but they no have way. to crank them
1: out. They have to crank them out real fast. Sure, and they have limited models they could probably use. Like, we can't make all right. Well, do we use hallway A, B, or C? You mm-hmm. know, it's like, oh, I'd like to design a new one. and Have something. You know, we can't afford that. This is gonna take time. We have to go through a concept process and get yeah. it approved. You I mean, know. I'm
3: okay with the, like them reusing locations. It's just like the stories that are being told within those locations mm-hmm. are very, very similar.
1: Well, they are also kind of being assigned these missions. You know, that's what they do as well Maybe, maybe them. they are
4: masters of disguise.
3: Mm. Mm. Okay,
1: <laughs> but no, I, no, I, 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 I do hear you, and I think it's a good, it's a valid criticism. It's, yeah. you know, it starts to blend together.
4: It's, it's, it's extremely valid. Like it's, it, yeah.
1: Yeah, the, the, maybe it, maybe it maybe thing. Thrawn is like you guys are so predictable. No wonder I caught you. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> it
3: just all plays directly into it. I do love like the one things that are that are, are really that I'm loving about this with Thrawn is that there's always, even though he's not necessarily present in terms of on screen, he al- always has a presence in Rebels. In that they're always talking about like this blew this this ship blew up. We lost these A wings. We this we that. You know, there's there's. There's obvious um, like when they were on uh, when they were with the the Twi'leks and they were talking about how suddenly um, they started to this inept general suddenly was able to like, you know, mount an offensive against the, the rebellion. And obviously Thrawn was in that episode, but there's elements of that in throughout the entire series with with him. So he's got his fingers in all of the different mm-hmm. pies and it's really I'm really digging it. Like, the Thrawn, the Thrawn stuff is, he's an amazing, they're really given doing him justice. Like, it's awesome. Are you guys ready for Willow Watch? Always. Right.
1: Willow.
0: Like I said, there's a lot of Willow. There's a lot of Willow stuff that's, that's happened recently. We have a system here in Willow Watch, which is that Doug Doug gives an animal rating system based mm-hmm. on the the transformative properties and how you get from muskrat to uh, to old human woman. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> what are we currently at? What's the level? Well, it's been up and down. I mean, when we talked to Bob, you know, that brought things up a little bit. Talked uh, to Bob Dolman, the, yeah. the screenwriter for screenwriter. Screenwriter, yep. And uh, uh, there was uh, uncovered uh, some hints that. Uh, People might be interested in doing a sequel, so right. up and down, up. It's been up and down, but you know, in, and usually in small chunks. But now you're telling me you're about to drop some, yeah, some the, the, fresh news here it, that it, might. Uh, if you've been watching
0: some stuff online, you might know that the ebor sick in the room right now is that Ron Howard mentioned
1: a Willow television series. Yeah, oh. um, expressed interest in that. So I, yeah. I would say the default for the for a while we were hovering around possum slash muskrat. Yeah, he he missed miss it. You missed her as a muskrat. She was actually a possum. But so we're hovering around that level, I would say. But Honestly, now, she she was she was not even she was not either a muskrat or a possum. She was right. some kind of other.
3: Is that well, no no? Is that that before no, or after Rock Cl- Rock Dove?
1: Uh, Rock Dove is that's Rock Dove, Rock Dove is before the possum. Oh, Rock and it is possum because there's an opossum and then there's possum. The kind mm. in the film is a possum. Ah, I see. Yes. Don't Minus question mistake. me about marsupials, man. <laughs> you want to talk marsupial law? I'll go marsupial law. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: well, here, here's what happened. Ron Howard has been in his recent press cycles. Asked about Willow a lot, which is very encouraging. Kudos to all journalists who ask him Willow questions. Keep it up. He's clearly noticing, and he's been mentioning his fondness for the film, how he would like to revisit it, and of course reminding people that um, – because many people don't realize that Willow, along with the other Lucasfilm properties, are in fact owned by Disney. So there is an opportunity for something to happen with that if they mm-hmm. decide there's profit to be made. So, um, certainly, we believe here on Willow Watch that something will happen with Willow in the future. It could be a comic book, it could outright be a film, and it certainly could be a television series because, as we talked about at length earlier, there, have, there was a Willow television series in development once upon a time, an animated series made by the same studio who did Droids and Ewoks, a bunch of production art for that leaked online not so very long ago. Um, and in this case, Ron Howard has been talking about, well, maybe there could be something someday. Um, but... What happened was, uh, the Nerdist has a uh, woman named Clark Wolf, who has has been doing doing good goddamn work, talking about Willow as much as she can, uh, all the way up to finally getting to interview Rod Howard and asking him about Willow. Um, didn't she even talk to, like, Bryce Dallas Howard as she well? She did, and, yeah. yeah i was
1: just like, your dad made the coolest movie? It's like, wow, okay. It's like, you're... <laughs> He's supposed to talk about the movie she's doing, but instead you have to talk about Willow. I think and, we need her on Team Willow Watch. Yeah, congratulations.
0: You're doing good work. Um, <laughs> so um, Ron Howard said in this interview with her, which we'll link to, I'll, I'll, I'm always rooting for it to become a TV, TV series or something. I know I'd like to watch a Willow television show. Now, what's interesting about that is, one, he's never mentioned a TV series before, but he said, I'm always rooting for it to become something like a TV series. Mm-hmm. And this was in relation to mentioning how great Warwick Davis is, mm-hmm. who, of course, has Gotten kind of a, uh, his most recent part of his career has been as a television actor, mm-hmm. and certainly you could like with Game of Thrones being popular as All Get Out, you could do a will you know a fantasy television series that's not an absurd premise anymore. Granted, there's a lot less. Um, sex in Willow, but hey, you could sex it up. Why
3: not? Oh God, like <laughs> <knowing>. Nelwyn <laughs> oh and brownies. Oh God. Well, the brownies full, that would full funnel on the brownies. Oh man. Well, yeah, no, the brownies would just be nude just yeah, all the time. Yeah. Oh, always. So no, the fairies are already nude. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That was that was that scene with Val Kilm, with with Mad Morgan, <laughs> and like that would have gone way further. Yeah, um. Yeah. In that in that house before the husband showed up, like yeah. that would have gone way further. Yeah. If it was an HBO series, <gasps> what a breed.
1: <laughs> and then they would have. So, um, while that, revealing plot details, the, that's right. That all characters should know anyway. The exposition. The, act of, position, the act of
0: Ron Howard mentioning that was pretty significant because I feel. I feel that that was him testing the waters, mm-hmm. actively testing the waters to see what the reaction would be. If he proposed something a little bit more intense than, oh, yeah, I'd like to do... I could see doing follow-up someday. That would be cool. But there's another piece of information floating around, one well, that's been shared with us uh, many times by a number of different people who are you know, fans of Willow Watch, and that is there's, there's an article on a website called Comic Books Galaxy, which, has, which is called Three Main Characters and Actors Rumored to Return in Willow 2. Quote, it's a sequel, end quote, Ron Howard, as though he said it, exclamation mark. And they mentioned his AMA, which we talked about that happened around the time of his uh, Moby Dick film. Um, and they said this in his recent interview with the Hollywood reporter and Latino reviews, Ron updated that he is working on a script. Plus he is planning to bring back the original actors for the sequel. It was emphasized that it's going to be Willow 2 and not some reboot or remake. This is a continuation of the original movie. Here are the names of the actors and characters who are rumored to make a comeback for the sequel, where they then proceeded to simply list. Uh, Val Kilmer's Mad Mardigan Warwick Davis as Willow and Joanne Wally as Sorsha they just that uh, yeah. click, click through three pages make sure you get all the clicks I, definitely 100% a clickbait article they did not link to any such interviews whatever and whatsoever for Hollywood Reporter or Latino Review with Ron Howard saying that he was working on a script etc etc and I couldn't find them when I searched for them this could be a 100% bullshit article ah oh, they just took them down man um
3: they didn't want to leak. If,
0: if you know that these, that these interviews actually exist, please link them to us. Um, but I can't <laughs> find any proof of it. However, regardless of whether this is like just rotten clickbait journalism or not, uh, it is drumming up interest in Willow. And certainly everybody's excited to see that this is a thing, even if it's not really a thing. So much the same as Ron Howard being like, hey, I could do Willow on television. It's the OK, sure. Yes, you could. And God damn it, I'd watch it. I'd. I'd give you money for it.
3: What do you need, Ron? I'll do it. They, they crowdfund Willow, too.
0: <laughs> Let's make it happen. So, okay, that's that's the Willow news. So where are we on the scale here? Where are we on the Willow watch
1: right uh, now? It's tricky with the last one being like it could be true or it could all be BS. But I mean, but Ron Howard. I mean, that, that's that got to tick But did up. he really say it? At least him talking about the TV series. Yeah. I'm just going to go based he's, on that. He's talking about Willow. Right, yeah. Him talking about Willow, saying he wants to see it as something new, possibly a TV series. Uh, if we were at Possum before, I'd bring that up to Goat. We oh. could be goat level. I think we would skip let's, the raven. We let's go sustain to goat. Goat.
0: goat. Yeah, I think we're going to sustain goat until it until it really cools off. Yeah, we're, we're going to assume that there is there is legitimate hype building.
2: Yeah. We got yeah, yeah, to hold on to that. Yeah.
0: So we're
1: skipping raven. Yeah, because I, I'm you know I didn't I didn't want to go up uh, to, uh, to ostrich level or anything like that because about llama we level. I don't think there was a llama. I think it went because it was a half between. It was between the goat and ostrich, so it looked like a llama because it had a long uh, neck at right, first. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, before you get to ostrich, I would say I'd say goat level. Maybe we're gonna be halfway, maybe half llama to, to ostrich <laughs> if that article about him saying a sequel film was true. But since it, it's it, not it, true, That not not he's sure. writing
0: a script, which is crazy because Bob Dolman doesn't know anything about that. I asked him about that.
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> so we'll wait and we'll wait and see. Either way, I'm thinking solid goat. And we'll see what the next uh, next Willow Watch brings. This is solid goat. Um, So so with Willow Watch,
0: we've had an all Willow Watch episode in the past where we interviewed Bob Dolman, the screenwriter for Willow. We're going to have another one soon. We've mentioned that we're talking to Alan Varney. The, uh, the guy who wrote the Willow Source book. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't done that yet, but it's actually, it's scheduled now. It's going to happen. Wow. Look forward to another That's awesome. uh, all Willow, Willow Watch episode. Yeah. And then uh, once once I manage to get through the trilogy of Willow novels that are super dense, uh, we're probably going to talk to Chris Claremont if he's still alive by the time I finish these damn books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got a lot to read, man. It's, it's tough. But I put out a line to, uh, to Clark Wolf's booking agent. And if you uh, if you're on Twitter, if you're active on Twitter, you should totally tweet at her that she should be on Willow Watch. Don't be a pest. Just keep keep pushing it. We we want to we would love to talk with Clark Wolf. Clearly she's she's an ally in our crusade for more Willow. Like a high functioning ally. She got Ron Howard to t- say you want to do a Willow TV series. That's something. God damn it, we should join forces. That's what this is all about. This is a, this is about this is about the the Castle of lean and the joining of Willow's motley crew and and all the the, the armies mm-hmm. of Galador and what's left of them coming together to
3: storm the gates of Nockmar that's yeah. what that's what we need to do right now she's mm-hmm. the mad Mar- she's the mad martican mm-hmm. yeah I mean, we're really the Will- we're I mean Willow watches the Willow <laughs> I mean like you, you know Yeah, we're Willow and the brownies here right I mean, what yeah, do want? exactly I mean you know the, the sm- but she's the one with the you know the sword and the recognition but hey but we do have Bob Dolman as Finn Rizal Exa- oh yeah exactly <laughs> totally
0: so speaking of Bob um I had a conversation with with them recently because something you might have missed in the world of willow news this is great this is one of the longest willow watches we've had in ages um there's a there's a place called prop store of london it's a it's a website they sell awesome movie props they recently had a massive auction from the phil Tippett archives phil Tippett being one of the masters of special effects all your favorite movies with special effects in them from the the, the 70s to 90s and, and so on have all been done by phil tippett talking stuff from like robocop predator and tons of lucasfilm properties as well in this auction there were a number of willow items none of which we could afford no way no how um but in them in these photos they revealed some deleted early draft content some fascinating weird stuff um i actually had trouble loading up the page today if i can link to the items i will if not i did save everything so I will post them to uh, the Willow Watch uh, posts on the Nerdy Show forums. Nice. Um, we have storyboards of the cart chase scene, which showed a Nokmar soldier who looked more orcish than human, implying mm-hmm. that maybe, maybe at one point in the script,
1: um, Bav Morta was employing you know kind of monstrosities. Well, we saw some other concept art where the main villain was a king looking like a lizard monster type guy. True. You know. Yeah. So, and, uh, and Bob told us about how he wanted to change it from like, a male to a female uh, villain. Yeah. So, who knows how many changes this thing went through. Sure. Now, if you ever thought,
0: "Hey, that two-headed Ebersick dragon looks a little cock-like." Ho oh, ho. Then all the Ebersick concept art and storyboards are full affirmation that that thing each not not the shaft, the long wibbling shafts of their necks, but their heads specifically are a short stubby Donald Trump like pair of cock and balls <laughs> uh, like in all of the illustrations I'm talking storyboards I'm talking line art there is irrefutably um simply how Lucas felt about Siskel and Ebert if on the page because Ebersick is named after Siskel and Ebert mm-hmm. and and these things have fucking dickheads it's <laughs> I mean, as the xenomorph but like way more than the xenomorph right, man right, like right, right. when you see these sketches you'll be like that's a dick that's a dick, and those, and, those, <laughs> and those cheeks are balls, and when that head explodes, those cheeks swell up. Yeah, like, it's yeah. fucking hilarious. Just a, it, what they were selling, essentially, was a big bag of dick drawings on pro, <laughs> the Prop Store of London. And if you've
1: seen, like, the original toy of the Eber Sick, it, it's got, like, furry tuft on the back. I'm not kidding. Like, it actually has fur on its back. It's interesting. Like, just look, look it up. You, <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm, make, I'm not making it up. I know. Look it 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 was, up. So if like, you ha- hung it upside down,
3: it would be the pubes
1: yeah if you uh-huh. hung it face down yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's weird it's Watch a weird out. thing
0: um here's here's something that's uh more interesting uh instead of being stolen by brownies Elora was first stolen by elves who wanted to collect her tears Ooh. yes cry
3: baby <laughs>
0: there's 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 a photo of what looks like it's it's like um a binder that's A bunch of script elements, but it's like a page that's an outline, and it was a diagonal photo, so I've only seen half of this outline page, but I managed to make out a full paragraph which reads, The brownies and willow and the baby are chased by the elves. They come to a chasm which is traversed by a natural bridge in the form of a fallen hollow tree. The elves refuse to continue to pick up the chase on the tree. The reason becomes clear when trolls appear at both ends. Our band does escape, however. The brownies take willow and the baby into the forest of the fairies." Uh, they also there's you can see a few storyboards from the sequence involving an Elven village as well, where the brownies ride a stork, not an eagle. Hmm. Because they steal the baby with a stork. Ha ha ha. ha ha ha. Um And there were also blueprints for the Nelwyn Mines, which is fascinating because the Nelwyn Mines were were mentioned in the Willow Source book and the novelization. Yeah. And apparently got all the way to the point that they were thinking about building some props, but to my knowledge, it never happened. So I did ask Bob Dolman about it. He said, Once, the Nelwyn village was populated by farmers and miners. And there's an allusion to this when Burglecutt makes fun of Willow for being a farmer. But this wasn't a conflict we had room for and wasn't necessary. And I actually hadn't read the text on the images by the time I talked with him, so I wasn't able to ask him about the tears. I will ask him about the tears of course of course I'll ask him about the mm-hmm. tears uh, why were the elves collecting babies tears but I don't think he remembered the elves at all because I asked him about it and he, and he just mentioned how like maybe that was what we called the brown because I saw the name elves at one point I was like was there anything about elves and he was like no nah. well I think maybe we called brownies elves at one point I never liked the name brownies I forget how I got talked into it they may have been elves for a draft now that I think about it <laughs> but clearly there, were, there was actually something else going on there was some other conflict happening thus ends Willow Watch So, before we open the blast doors, we got to give thanks to all the wonderful people who make State of the Empire possible, and indeed all the shows on the Nerdy Show Network. We're entirely listener-supported. We rely on you to stay alive. So, if you'd like us to stay alive, here's some ways you can help. You can go to nerdyshow.com support, where you'll find where you can give a one-time donation, how you can shop on Amazon, and all your purchases can go help the entire network stay alive with no additional cost to you, or you can subscribe to us on Patreon where we have a ton of bonus features, including bonus features from state of the empire to share with you. And uh, a lot of other, of other like tiers where you get more exciting things happening. But, uh, Patreon is the best way to continue support of, uh, of all of our shows on the nerdy show network and state of the empire is, is indeed kept alive directly by that. You can also make sure that the word gets out. Tell people about State of the Empire. Many folks tell us that we're their favorite Star Wars podcast, and yet uh, we're still relative unknowns in this galaxy. So uh, help us by telling a friend or going on iTunes and rating and reviewing the show. We presently, as of this recording, have 25 ratings. We could certainly use more. In fact, we've heard that it's really around 250 that you start to gain real traction. So (laughs) we've got got a ways to go. But even if you don't have time to write a full review, uh, and you don't have to, it doesn't have to be complicated,
4: you can just give us a five-star rating, and that would be great. You should just give them a sentence that they should write. Just say, I Um, like this.
3: Yeah. My favorite Star Wars podcast. Willow Watch is great.
0: I wish there was more Willow these all these are applicable reviews five stars and the simple act of you writing those sentences expressing how much you love willow well that uh that does us a world of good so please do that and just uh, yep, yub,
2: yub
1: yeah <laughs> oh, man, i'm just trying to shorten it make it even easier for yub, you Yep,
0: yub yeah
3: praise teak constable zuvio was
1: Will, a false for, flag <laughs> operation forever living
3: on in our hearts yeah so so just
0: you know just uh give us a review on itunes why not
1: what do you have to lose nothing it's a boot. It's a reboot. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, thanks, Mike Eisner. All right. So we're ready. We're going to open the blast doors. Are you ready for us to open the blast doors? We're going to open the blast doors. And uh, hey, if, after you've seen Rogue One and uh, after the season of a Star Wars Rebels is, uh, is over, come, and, back. Uh, c- come on back. Come on yeah. back and see what you missed. Here we go. Open the blast doors. Open the blast doors. All right. There's there's one Rogue One thing worth mentioning here behind the blast doors, and it's something they showed in the trailer, but it's only when you consider the context of it that it turns into what is quite frankly one hell of a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think we all came to this realization via the same um, Piece video. Of media, yeah, uh, an editor named uh, Darth BB Eight released something on YouTube: Rogue One, a chronological story.
1: And sequ- I've been saying this since the first te- you can go back and listen to State of the Empire. I was saying it before, but go ahead. <laughs> it, Doug has been saying this particular. he yeah,
0: he yeah. sequenced all the scenes from all the trailers and in and, and the also the the weird like behind the scenes teaser thing in the sequence he believes it occurs in. And it looks as though uh Alderon was not the first planet blown up. It was in fact Jeddah as a as a message to not fuck with the Empire. Let's annihilate this religious retreat for Jedi lovers. Let's blow it the fuck up. And you see a city exploding... And that
3: is very likely an early super weapon test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think that the whole planet's going to
1: get yeah, blown up. I either. really don't. Because well, the, you, you, people would
3: have known about I mean, yeah. like, there's well, no
1: way that wouldn't have gotten out. Also, there's a shot from inside the Death Star. You see them zooming in on what looks like the Mesa city. Right. And I'm like, they're probably just targeting that city. And they're just going to smash that thing like the fist of an angry god and then it's gonna send out that massive shockwave that's uh you see them escape we thought it was a sandstorm in the first teaser for rogue one mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that's probably them trying to escape the shockwave yeah and, i think i think i think doug's right guys
3: i, no, think, I think it's, it's gonna get blown time. up i i yeah
4: i i agree i'm not happy about that why, why is that why? Like, I, don't, I don't know it's just the the, the the more impressive technical aspect of what they can show with 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 this movie kind of takes away from the sort of yeah uh, yeah and you know just yeah because
2: you how, want how,
3: I, don't, no, I don't understand how I, does it, how does it take away well because you want it you want the first time that you see this this star yeah. this this, this like, space station like, to be holy operational holy shit they just did that yeah to
1: blow up fucking Alderon and so well, like then, well then what better way to show them blowing up a small town And then they're like, whoa, it actually works. And And they're like, what happens if we increase the power to
0: 100? I I do think it has a practical purpose because, really, would there not have been tests? And of course there would have been tests. They're not going to go all the way out to the orbit of Alderaan and not... And 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 then have have it misfire. Ooh, ooh, didn't work. Bummer. Yeah. Let's show them the might
3: of the Empire. uh, Yeah, I mean, mean, Tarkin is very sure that he's like let's show them the power of this space station like he's like very much like, like he knows sure it works th- already he knows it works which is true but yeah he's, he's
1: talking to like prepare yourself because you're gonna see some fucked up shit that he yeah. knows about to happen mm-hmm. like i just i don't know man i
3: i i kind of i kind of feel with spill like in terms of it makes the 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 destruction of Alderon lesser
1: I don't know how I don't. I
3: don't
4: see that, that. that 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 is that that to me is the most important rule of like making a prequel is like don't don't ruin or explain like you know don't take away from the original like that's how I feel like the Han Solo one when he when he decides not to participate in the battle of Yavin. I should still be surprised when you hear the hoop you know, the hooping and hollering and, and the Millennium Falcon shows up. Yeah. Like I don't wanna think that the Han Solo as presented in his prequel movie would be something like, oh no, he's not gonna abandon. I'm like, I, I honestly thought when I first saw it he was totally out. You know, like and, and that's how I feel about this movie is like I don't wanna know the Death Star is capable of blowing up entire planets. Like I don't. Why? Like I just want to know. It's a, like
1: how. How does that? How, how does that ruin it? Because it
3: doesn't make it a surprise. Like you. Like yeah. I mean. Like the destruction of Alderaan. Like we all
1: know that it's there. just because it's we not grew a surprise. It's it. not a surprise when he, he says, "I will destroy your home planet of Alderaan." He says it. It's not. This isn't a surprise. It's a shock yeah, that he it's actually a, does it's it. In the,
4: it's, in the, it's in the opening crawl, isn't it? Yeah,
1: the ability to destroy an entire planet.
4: All right, fine point, Doug. <laughs> just get used <laughs> to it, man. Don't fight me on this. I I just, I'm just saying, like, so they're gonna blow up Jeddah, and then or just
1: the, just the town, and then just the and town. The,
4: and, and, well, and then there's that meeting, yeah, where it's like, what, what, you know, chance do we have against something like that? And then she's like, hope we have hope, rebellions and hope and hope and hope. Yeah. I the rebel. Next, the name of the next movie is a new hope, and so I don't know. I just, I don't want it to diminish what. The original Star Wars does.
2: Yeah.
1: Well,
4: I'm, I'm having already done it chronologically. I'm wearing you down, Spill.
1: Wearing you no. down. I'm, pretty soon you're going to be with me on the whole uh, Anakin Force Ghost. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. Wow. You already got him. What do you mean? That, that, no, no, no. The problem is I'm not okay with it. I think Anakin Force Ghost is bad. He thinks it's all right.
4: Mm. oh no i love anakin force yeah no no yeah never, that's never that's our that
1: biggest that's me. our biggest point of contention i feel yeah it's never gonna change all right we'll see about Aiden that forever <laughs>
0: <laughs> um one final thing about rogue one is keto black in the uh star wars spoilers facebook group he said he's putting money down on saw Gerrera
1: dying at his save the dream line oh totally that's pretty specific save but I, the dream. i'm not, yeah yeah uh, th- but then the question comes in. It's like if he's there on Jeddah and the Death Star is wiping out that town. Who's he talking to?
3: Oh, he's on a hologram. He's on, like, a holo- hologram. Oh,
1: yeah. No, you're right. He could be. He's talking on a hologram. He, yeah, he's, like...
3: he's, he's he's over the radio.
1: Yeah, you're right. No, that sells it. Like, they're not on <gasps> Jetta They're on... They're not sp- talking to him directly. Yeah, they're on... He's uh, talking to them via hologram. Scarif,
3: or whatever it is. Like, that, he's talking to them on that, and they find out that they're the, going to yeah, use and it they, on they Jetta. they see a little blue
1: version of him on their little handheld yeah. communicator. It's like, save the rebellion, save the dream.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. And they're like, "What do we do? Have we seen him outside the room?" No. No, no. Then, no,
0: no. not yet. Interesting. Yeah, we we have. Um there's a scene with him walking through like a court, like an arced corridor. Oh. Right, right, right. Well, yeah,
3: but that could be like in that same compound. Yeah. Sure. Yes,
0: he yes, he could be in exclusively one environment. Yes, yeah. that is possible. Yeah. Hmm.
3: Hmm. But
0: another thing, I have to say, Why no, would they. I mean, granted, there's the question of why would they cast Forrest Whitaker for a role that takes place during maybe like five minutes of film? Why but not? Then also, Yoda, Yoda
1: never left the well, swamp
0: during well, Empire. Well, but hold on, I'm about to prove a point. But then also, why would they cast Max von
1: Sydow
3: in, right. uh, in Force Awakens? Right, right. And have like him at the, the table of, read. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out that maybe, maybe literally every other person on the planet noticed this, but I only just noticed it when I was rewatching the trailer recently. That overhead shot of the of the ship landing on Jedha, and like that weird rock outcropping i realized was like a giant carved effigy of a jedi like holding a sword or a light or, a- or a lightsaber oh yeah yeah man i didn't notice that i watched it like a billion times and for whatever <laughs> reason, yeah i just i never noticed it until like this last time like, I, oh, I, whoa, I haven't no i don't know know what
4: you're talking about oh it's yeah. fucking
1: rad man what? Okay.
4: cool this is, this is this is like the thing that i felt most people were talking about with this with that trailer
1: no sorry i just i was too busy focused on like yeah you know the the dialogue that was over it and like the ship itself colin
4: i can understand because you you love your b-wing and there's a b-wing on screen you probably were just blocking out everything but the or i'm sorry
2: the the Mm u-wing i love i'm I'm
3: sorry i love the u-wing man so (laughs) it's so good oh um all gives right. me all those rogue like those those rogues <laughs> rogue squadron
1: them feels. Them rogue feels it it
4: to me it's it's hitting heavy LucasArts uh feels.
3: And like you know they're they're all on it. Like, I mean like that's their ship, that's their ghost, is that U Wing? And like I mean, come on.
1: Oh, it's gonna be so good. hmm I want I want them to build a U Wing at the Star Wars Disney yes. area. Like yes. that'd be pretty sweet. Because a little ramp you could run up it, yeah, it'd be sweet. Anyway. Episode eight, Matt. You got a theory. You have.
0: You have. You said this is your only Snoke theory. Your final and only Snoke prediction. Yeah.
4: Well, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say first Snoke theory too, because I, I've I've chosen. You were
1: withholding judgment on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if, you, I, if if you weren't about to say it's Ezra, you're wrong.
4: I don't even necessarily think that it will be something that they even address necessarily in the context of the film itself. But I do think Snoke's background is he will be one of the Force uh sensitive children that palpatine has had kidnapped ever since the clone wars mm. it's just too too relevant a plot de- like uh, it, like factoid at this point that it's been going on like clone wars cartoon rebels cartoon it's mentioned in Ahsoka, the the novel it's um
0: aftermath uh, servants of the empire
4: yes referenced in aftermath it's oh the servants of the empire uh Junior novel series. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's constant and it hasn't come to any sort of like giant macro thing. And I kind of feel like this is like the new Kyber crystal where it's being like sewn throughout and, um, yeah, so I I that is that is my only Snoke theory is you know, I don't necessarily think they're ever going to have to address it within the film, but I do think that will certainly be his background history in the canon once all is said and done.
1: What what would be awesome is if uh, like in Episode Eight, if they explain a little bit, like if they just say that, right? They just say, oh, he was raised up, you know, he he was from a young age, he was part of the Empire, and uh, he wasn't he was too young to be a Sith Inquisitor, but he was on his way. But then things bad things happen. It would be pretty sweet for like him to make an appearance on Star Wars Rebels and like Ezra's the one who scars him or some shit, you know? Mm. Where it's just like, you get that early and it's like, oh, there's a new Inquisitor. His name is Snoke or, you know, or a code name Snoke or something like well, that. Well,
0: they're like, all they're all number and then brother
1: or sister. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just if there's brother a way Snoke. to, you know. E- either that or... Sister Snoke. Yeah, Sister Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> or or uh, uh, he's, he's the uh, death trooper that says, let's take this fight to the sky. So that's the only... <laughs> That is the only ones that I've done that. So either that, either it's Death Trooper, take the fight to the sky, or he's Ezra.
3: Do you think that he's gonna, do you think, do you think that we're gonna see uh, Snoke in eight? I hope so. Do you think we're gonna see him not on a hologram? Don't know. I would hope so, but I, but I don't know. And if he is in physical
1: and not in a hologram, do you think that he will be CG? He'll have to be CG because of what they did to his face and with, you know Yeah, I mean that they, they Andy Circus playing him. They're not gonna have Andy Circus in makeup. They're just gonna you know, Andy Circus doesn't wear makeup. He wears dots. And you gotta replace those dots. Well with yeah, a CG but they face. could've they could
3: he could put his voice in his voice enough. If
0: they didn't do um him practi- with practical
1: effects to begin with, they're not gonna not do it this time. No. Mm. Right. It'll look
0: better probably
1: yeah (laughs) unless they pull like a a star trek uh corbomite maneuver thing where that hologram isn't actually snoke it's his voice but they just you can't see what snoke really looks like don't pay no attention to the man behind the curtain you know like the real guys Mm -hmm. you know it'd be cool if the real guy just looked like andy circus and you're just like oh it's kind of an unassuming looking evil guy i don't know but wishful thinking on my part well then they wouldn't have chosen a recognizable actor to play him Right. Because I,
0: I guess they had to announce it. There. But it, basically, it would be cool if, like, if all of a sudden, let's say you didn't know who Andy Circus was, and Andy
1: Circus is just, like, playing a character in the background that's like, oh shit, it was a Snoke the whole time. But, yeah. I don't mm. know. That's... Or, or the hologram fizzles away, or and then you cut to, like, the Snoke POV, and then it's like an end transmission, whatever, of Kylo Ren. And mm-hmm. then it phases out, and then you see the hologram that's over the person, and it's Mara Jade. Just the audience <laughs> biggest fuck you to the audience everyone who doesn't know no one who knows the extended universe is just like it's like who the hell is that and everyone who knows the extended universe oh my
3: god well, that's why well that's why yeah that's why snow
1: Kate's uh Skywalker is because he, he maybe he, she because it Ray, yeah, Ray, spurn, Ray, spurn is Luke, Ray is Luke and Mara Jade's daughter yeah that's why he's like bring her to me because you know yeah he wants to you know. Yeah. Man, you heard it here first. And folks. then, like, Empire, if, <laughs> if you're talking about. Craziest ideas yet. You're talking about mirroring Empire Strikes Back. That's true. Snoke says, Ray, I'm your mother. Mm. And uh, join <laughs> me, we'll rule the galaxy as mother and daughter.
2: Mm.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, they got the member berries going on seven. How, how do you say they're not going to have them in eight? Yeah. It's cyclical. Yeah. R- poetry. It's poetry it, rhymes. Rhymes. in motion
0: yeah interesting
3: ring theory look it up
0: <laughs> and then watch the um the blanket review for episode seven yeah, definitely and, watch as that. to uh as to why the ring theory is a crock of shit as though you didn't know already <laughs> i hope yeah. you knew already you're here you're behind the blast doors i like to think that you're an intelligent person
1: um or you made a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> you skipped too far ahead on your on your MP3 player. Cap's uh, talking about Patreon. 15 seconds, 15 seconds, 15 <laughs> seconds. Right, blew right past the blast doors. Didn't even know you were in here. Sorry. <laughs> Apologize.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Disney XD in Germany leaked a bunch of descriptions of Rebels episodes seven through eleven. Wow. And they were translated. And we have them here. And there's not a lot to them except for the last one, which is uh, some provocative tie-ins to some stuff that's been happening in this exquisite season of Rebels. Um, here, here's the descriptions, and uh, then we'll get to the uh, the intense one, which is episode eleven, and uh, talk about uh, all that all that Rebel shit that that is definitely spoilery. Episode 7, Imperial Super Commandos. After losing contact to the protectors of Concord Dawn, Sabine, Ezra, and Fen Rao investigate. They quickly discover that Imperial Mandalorians have taken over the station. There's actually a clip of that available online. You see them confronting Sabine and uh, having some words. You better believe they take that fight to the sky. (laughs) <laughs> episode eight iron squadron ezra and sabine join forces to subdue a young ace pilot and his crew who are foolishly risking their lives this is the only way they can defend their home lots of fighting in the sky pilots i like it the Winka Thu job the rebels join forces with ruthless pirates to salvage a freighter full of weapons the rebellion needs however
3: the mission turns out way more dangerous than they expected
2: Mm-hmm. I bet uh
3: what's his face is showing up in that again. Um Ah spill, what's his what's our buddy's name? Hondo? Uh, the pi- Hondo, Hondo, yeah. 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 I, bet, a- I bet I <laughs> hey, you dead, said
1: pirate, but, I had to be here. Yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> without a doubt. Or, or Kaibo ren <laughs> The
3: pirate the pirate, yeah. Yeah, the
1: pirate from droids. Kaibo ren Yeah, he's gonna be there. Kylo, he's I, like Kylo Ren but his I face wish. he's like the Bond villain with his face filled with diamonds except it's Kyber crystals <laughs> <laughs> but they're all red though yeah, yeah they're <laughs> wrong, because he's angry he's, he's red because he's angry <laughs> I'm sorry I got a short temper I gotta kill a migraine yeah. it's blue when he's got the broken heart
0: <laughs> <laughs> episode 10 an inside man looking for information on a new Imperial weapon Ezra and Kanan break into an Imperial God factory damn it. on Lothal <laughs>
1: <laughs> not a lot of sky fighting in that one Not interested
0: Hold on They Looking for information on a new imperial weapon That sounds exciting Regardless of the breaking in They did not say disguise themselves They said break in Oh come on She's totally gonna disguise
1: herself How, how who, She Ezra and Kanan Oh Kanan I thought you, Okay no I misheard you I thought I thought I heard Hera in there However They have to trust an enemy To
0: escape from a building That is about to be locked down Callus. Callous yeah, Callus, totally. I I love whatever's happening with Callus. Oh, it was,
3: do you think he's the new
0: Fulcrum? I think he might be a rebel spy now. I really do. Yeah, that's that's really? uh,
4: that's my my theory. Is Fulcrum is either Callus uh, or it is uh, Cassian Andor. Hmm.
0: Doug, have you seen have you seen the the the, the latest the Antilles episode? No, no, no. Okay, there's a Callus moment in there that suggests that maybe maybe he's turned.
2: Or you is know he know a triple me agent? am ha- makes really happy about that.
4: <laughs> Is other than the fact that he's an awesome character and I would be, I would love to have him on the good guy side, is I called that way back before Rebels started when they announced the characters, and on on this podcast, and like (laughs) the first season, I totally like I was like, you know what, I changed my mind. He's a bad guy, but they've like really brought it like nice and gradual, Mm -hmm. and so I'm happy that's. uh, Unless they
1: do triple agent like in Crystal Skull. Was <laughs> nah. Nah. his buddy Mac? You thought he was his buddy. Then he's double agent. He's not a double agent. Triple agent. I sure fucking hope not. But it's possible. If I mean Thron, Thron
0: was the kind of guy who would throw a triple agent. That's in the mix. true. So yeah. maybe. Um, well
3: maybe Callus is like his 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 super buddy. I mean, like they're like they're good friends.
1: Went through the Academy together. Yeah. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Well, anyway,
3: episode 11, Visions and
0: Voices. Get ready for it. Haunted by visions of Maul, Ezra has to journey across the galaxy. Upon arriving at his destination, he has to participate in a strange ritual to sever his connection to Maul. Now, last time we saw Darth Maul in the show, and I don't believe we discussed it on State of the Empire yet, oh boy, some things happened, in which uh, Ezra and ball were fusing oh, shit. Yeah, two the, two, the holocrons. holocrons a sith holocron a jedi holocron and some visions were had by both which Ezra didn't understand and which Maul 100% understood, yeah. where he saw Tatooine, and he knows where Obi-Wan Kenobi is, so he's going to get his fucking revenge. Yeah. And that's where we loop back around to our previous Ewan McGregor discussion because I think he's already been there. He's already done that. And for some reason, Ray Park knew about it, hence us ta- hence us talking about that weird Twitter conversation in last yep. episode yep. of State of the Empire. Yep.
4: Yeah, man, totally. <sighs> Okay, you know, well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need some, some deep breaths. Because first of all, that, that episode is screaming, mid-season finale. And I have to say, just just initially, I am disappointed because it doesn't look like we're going to get any Rogue One connections to Rebels until after yeah, me the break, too. after the movie comes out.
3: I don't know if that's true, we, because I think that you're going to get your connections to Rogue One in that, uh, what was that, episode 10 or 9, where they break into the, inside inside Man, secret plan. the super weapon do, or whatever do, it is. That's totally going to happen.
2: They'll... Oh, yeah. You think, I
4: don't know. I just think they would have saved that for the midseason finale. And, like, we don't know which one. Which one did Gary Whitta help write? Like, supposedly Gary Whitta wrote an episode, at least one, and, like, that would be the one. Yep. But, anyway, so getting back to Maul, like, visions and voices. I mean, the only people, the only person we know, like, or two, I guess, that have done any sort of visions and voices thus far in this, like, new canon is Qui-Gon and Yoda. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, is it possible this, like, strange ritual involves Obi-Wan? Like, what is going on? Like, journeying across the galaxy, I mean, you know, maybe they go to the the spot that's, like, you know, farthest from the bright center of the universe. Oh,
0: he's going to Tatooine. There's no doubt in my mind. He's doing it. It's happening. I mean, yeah. I mean, I
2: mean, yeah, yeah.
3: You're
4: well, well see I mean, thing I could think the like strange ritual, it might be one of those, you know, go, like another callback to clone wars, it might be a knight sister, knight brother type thing, like some witchcraft. Um I don't know.
3: It's No, it's to be Obi- it's going to be Obi-Wan, dude. They're they're going to have a fight on the on in the in the dunes of the Dune Tatooine.
1: and you oh, it's Darth be Maul so in, a, in that giant uh, space uh, sand vagina out in the uh, Sarlacc pit.
3: Although the thing that about that, though, that's kind of the thing that is the space vagina. The thing that's kind of <laughs> the thing that's kind of to quote Plankton. I'm sorry. <laughs> the thing that I feel I don't know, because then Obi-Wan is definitely protected by plot armor because he's in, you know, or is plot. he? I think well, the most, I mean, the most like, he's important... He's in a new hope. I mean, the important like, part is, about could this. be a
1: forced ghost that whole time. <laughs>
0: the important part about this
1: is seeing... That's why the Tusken Raiders is scared be of him. He's a ghost.
0: Final, right. What I believe will be the final battle between Maul and Obi-Wan, and it's seeing how how much Obi-Wan's or, uh, going to be tormented by Maul, and how badly uh Maul's going to get his ass kicked by Obi-Wan. Like oh, that's yeah. what this is all about. It's also it's not about us finding out something new other than like maybe like more details on how he communicates with Qui-Gon or whatever.
3: No, if they but
1: had any guts, they would have Darth Maul basically beat Obi-Wan, but before he delivers the killing blow, Ezra stops Darth Maul.
4: Yeah. If if, you know, honestly, I would like to see Ahsoka return for this, and I would like to see this to be her end. Because I I I want Maul to find out why Obi Wan's there. I want him to figure out that oh, yeah. the son of Skywalker is there, and I would love to see Ahsoka give her life to save Anakin's son.
1: I still want her to die on Alderaan.
3: Yeah, she's
4: never gonna I, not. She's not gonna. But die that, but they, you know, th- her, no her
1: dying on Alderaan only
0: worked before this last confrontation thing. Yeah, because good she'd point. have good to be point. like they've they've taken her off the board. They have to reintroduce her as a Jedi agent, and that would put her on Alderaan yeah, before before this happened. It couldn't. But if but if if you're like, oh, my God, Obi-Wan's going to walk out of that hut. Oh, my God, Obi-Wan's going to walk out of that hut. And then all of a sudden,
4: Ahsoka walks out of the hut. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and well, like, Obi-Wan I think, think it would be but interesting. Like, especially, I was actually thinking about this during the Ahsoka novel. Was, so Ahsoka's now been an agent against the Empire for like you know, 12, 13 years. Right. And it's kind of like if she were to come across Obi-Wan, it'd kind of be like, dude, what have you been doing? I've been working my ass off, and you've just been sitting in this hut like a coward. And it would be pretty powerful to find out, like, well, you know, actually, I've been doing something. Like, I've been watching this kid, and she's like, "Who's that?" And she can immediately knows who it is. And, yeah. You know, the love that she has for her former master, I think, would mean. Oh, it I would think totally would transfer quite a to bit Luke.
3: To her. Oh, it would totally transfer to Luke because that yeah. would be her. Um, you know, she's like, I know there's good in you. I I, I see it and I feel it, and that that Anakin is now luke you know what i mean like that yeah. goodness has transferred to her son to his son
4: i think you i think you can do quite a bit uh, i mean quite a lot with that i don't know in the context of like a half hour i don't know i have a feeling this episode is an hour by the way because, because it's 11 usually and when it would be 12, like nine or 10 episodes but it, it's also like
0: if you're gonna if you're gonna slice the season in half it would be 12 it would be either 10 or 12 so in yeah. this case it's 11 which hints that it's either it's it's probably double length or it's accounting for the double length of the season premiere. Did it have a double length season premiere? I forget. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So one or the other.
4: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's definitely going to be, you can do a lot of really, really amazing things. And I mean, still my ideal Ahsoka death would be the emperor electrocuting her to death and she's crying out. Inva- invader, and invader does, does nothing.
1: Think, yeah. That's the one.
4: That's the one. Like, I that's that is the ideal Ahsoka death. I don't think you can top that. I mean, they should have done that. The Padme and Revenge of the Sith. Like George yeah. really, really fucked that up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but um, I there's mean, no way. He, like, yeah. I, I, I,
4: I th- forgive him a lot of things in the prequels, more so than most people are willing to. But that one, I cannot. Yeah. Like, if he, if she, he that,
1: is how she. If he gives her point. the, if he offers her, join your old master. You know, join the dark side, and we will. All three of us can rule the galaxy. And she's like, "No, I'll never join the dark side." And Anakin, I don't believe you would. You would kill me. And he's like, "You're right. I'll kill you." <laughs> you know,
3: like, I just, I don't. But like, uh, she's like, "Anakin, please." And he would, just
1: watches her die.
3: No, nah, because like but, but, the but whole, but it's not even Anakin. This,
4: it's, it's Sky Guy. Please, <laughs> and he's like. <sighs>
0: <laughs> Frankly, this is kinda hot for me.
4: <laughs> <What>?
0: <laughs>
3: Cause he's evil now. He's awful. He's an awful person. I don't know. He's man. human garbage. I don't think he would have done that though. I, I really like the conceit of her of him joining the dark side to be able to save her her life. Yeah. Like that was the whole reason he joined the dark side. Yeah because like so, why would he then watch? I, her well, I know, so
4: I am saying the setup for Revenge of the Sith was stupid. Like I understand, was it? It was an extension of the whole thing with his mother. Right, I can see how that works on like a basic story. But where it, it got to in the original trilogy, I don't think that whole like everlasting life thing. Yeah, works yeah. Vader I, bringing that I agree a, with. Yeah.
1: Vader bringing Ahsoka to the Emperor, and then having a similar scene, even if it's not identical, play out would be really powerful.
3: Yeah, she's yeah. like master, please. Oh man,
1: yeah,
4: oh, yeah. So, God. so you're right. I yeah. think, I think the way as presented in Revenge of the Sith with, with the whole like because, extension of his mother dying. Yeah, Padme, because, because you know, but, I guess, I guess shouldn't be killed in front of him. But also but
1: mirroring the you can the, now do it with Ahsoka. But mirroring what Luke says, where he's like, he's like, just let go of your hate. I feel the good in you. Ahsoka would feel that. Yeah, she would know mm-hmm. that. She'd be saying similar things like. Anakin, I know. He's like, that name, I'm no longer Anakin, I'm Darth Vader. And then you hear Luke do it again. And then like, Vader's like reciting it at yeah. that point because, yep. because it's the lie that he yeah, tells himself.
4: I mean, it should be the entire thing, even the like, I can't, you know, betray my master. You know, like basically yeah, yeah. like.
1: And then when yeah. Luke brings it up, he then adds the part of, well, it's too late for me. No, like he's already killed his apprentice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, so he considers himself it's one more step that Vader took that he can ne- he thinks in his mind's eye that he can never return from. But Luke's the one that makes him do it. That is his own son, and that would
3: ultimately serve this this story. The brilliant! Of Anakin, yeah, that would be this great. This Anakin Skywalker story, yeah. which I mean, like, which
4: is what it is. Um, which once again, like that, how great would that be for Return of the Jedi when you're like, oh shit! I you know chronologically, I've seen this. I know that he's not going to like, you know help luke out yeah like like that. you know that that's uh, so dangerous yeah. Yeah. god that'd be
3: good yeah oh spill you should write you should I, uh you <laughs> should uh, you, need, you need, need to write Felony.
4: yeah i i'm i'm sure feloni's taking care of that episode her death but i mean sure why not
3: uh hey so speaking of ahsoka
0: now we just that's a beautiful moment to close off on and this episode's gone long again hey sorry guys i, I don't know if uh, is, is consistent episode length something you're interested in let us know um <laughs> But we did talk say we're gonna talk about Ahsoka the Ahsoka book behind the, the Blast Doors, so is there anything left to say spoiler-wise uh concerning Ahsoka that should be said here in the
4: Blast Doors? Uh, not it it's an interesting story that doesn't necessarily shake up the galaxy in a spoiler way. Um so yeah, no, I don't think so. Is I,
3: it is it as important to the overall uh, like, overall story of Star Wars as Bloodlines is.
4: Oh, no, no, not at all. It doesn't, it doesn't shake up the galaxy in any way other than the fact that, like, the Empires apparently took over, like, I mean, really set themselves in their evil ways real, real early that when the Empire shows up to a planet, the people living on that planet are ready to go to violence in order to prevent them from taking it over. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, they immediately started, they immediately become terrorists. I oh. mean, they're blowing things up. Does the book
1: explain why the Death Star fires green laser beams out of kyber crystals? Because <laughs> the Death Star is like,
4: you know what, I'm a, you know, it's what, the noble Death is, Star
1: somehow, some <laughs> shit. Because Qui Gon was like, it, stoic. because
4: because we're behind the blast stars We'll go ahead. I'll I'll read the the updated Wikipedia explanation for kyber crystals oh, in I color, now based this. on Ahsoka. Kyber crystals were inherently attuned to the light side of the force and would attempt to resist any effort by dark side practitioners to utilize them in lightsabers. Bullshit. To this end, the only way a Sith or other darksider could make use of a kyber crystal was to use the force to dominate the crystal, bending it to their will. Bullshit. This process would cause the crystal to bleed as if it were a living organism, oh. resulting in a distinctive crimson bladed lightsaber synonymous with the Sith. However, it was also possible to heal a kyber crystal <laughs> corrupted in this way. The only known instance of purifying a corrupted kyber crystal was when Ahsoka Tano purified the two crystals she received from the Six Brothers lightsaber following his defeat. In this case, the crystals turned white.
1: That is some fan fiction
4: bullshit. Hey, that is where we're at now. And oh. you know what? It will not last that long because the minute they come up with another thing, don't know why a dark saber's black. Mm. which you know that came out of clone wars and the dark saber will be back in an upcoming episode i actually believe this week's episode of rebels the dark saber no oh shit! Sure. Yeah. with the Ma-
3: yeah, if the mandalorians are coming then uh, they probably have yep. that sword
4: yep. Yep. yep and uh which also um one of the returning or one of the mandalorian commandos from the darth maul son of dathomir comic is making his tv appearance
2: Ooh, Garth that's Saxon, cool which was
4: one of the commandos from that comic uh, do you it,
3: think that the reason why kylo ren's saber is so unstable and like it growls and all that kind of stuff do you think it's because of his like he's bled his original crystal <laughs> do you I know think, what I'm saying? i think it's because
1: he's a shitty electrical engineer
3: yeah I think that <laughs> i'm does just it, saying does
1: it also say that if you bleed the crystal out it morphs its shape so that it the beam that it emits can there thereby create lift if you swing it fast enough like a <laughs> helicopter blade
2: <laughs> why don't why
1: don't why don't Jedi do that? <laughs> yeah. because,
4: because I, 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 I hate those. Yeah. like I, I really wish they didn't do that in Rebels. One of the few creative decisions that I really hate from Rebels.
0: But. I, I love it, but I suppose I love it more in a lightning dogs way than I do in a this should be in Star Wars way. <laughs>
4: yeah. It doesn't make it. Doesn't make that it is true. Things. You know, it, it does kinda like it, it kind of works with the ridiculous Imperial prison transports that they have, the you know, imprison them on the outside just like the Kenner figures. It's a yeah.
1: beam of light. How does it cut through the air? Like how does it get lift? <laughs> how, is, how does it cut
3: through people? Same thing. Well, light's physical. Moves, light
1: moves through. Yeah, if you want to get to the yeah, light waves. Yeah, okay, whatever. But it just to, to push to push air, if you fast enough, so if I swing a flashlight fast enough, well, like,
4: <laughs> also I thought, I thought lightsabers are plasma. Are they though? Then why aren't I'm they plasma I'm Pretty sabers? sure they are.
0: Well, I mean, George Lucas still calls them laser swords. Why anything with terminology? Yeah. The Yeah. <laughs> So on that note, we're going to go, um, but thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you real soon. There's, there's all, man, no shortage of surprises in the world of Star Wars. <laughs> and um, and as for Colin and Matt and the, uh, the Clone Wars discussion, well, uh, we, we talked about having a, an article at some point, and, and that, that is uh, that is forthcoming. There's there's a rough draft in place, and uh, we'll, we'll keep you informed as to when that goes live so you'll know exactly how you should be watching Clone Wars. When the time comes, when you feel like, hey, it's the holidays. I need to uh, I need to sit down and watch something because it's cold as shit outside. I need
3: to close myself in a room and uh, away from my family and watch something. Yeah. Clone Wars.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll get you outfitted with that and we'll let you know when that goes live. Definitely uh, stay tuned to State of the Empire and uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Support us if you can, and we'll see you next time. Taking us out is some spacey chip tunes by Sievert. This is Space Minds Ahead from the 2010 album Beyond the Frontier.
1: So uh, Palpatine, this is pre-episode one, Palpatine was uh, training Darth Maul, and uh, he took him to to give him a little bit of backstory on his history, he took him to Korriban, and he has touring him through like these uh, ancient Sith temples and stuff, and he went into like uh, the Sith burial chambers where they keep some holocrons, yeah. and as they're walking through the Sith burial chamber, Palpatine says to Darth Maul, you know why I can't be buried here? And Darth Maul says, no, why? And he because I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is dad jokes. So why are you lowering yourself by telling them, you
0: Sith scum?
1: (laughs) Well, do you know what what the fastest liquid is in the entire Star Wars galaxy? I don't know. Can I do the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs? No. The fastest liquid in the Star Wars galaxy is uh, actually blue milk. You know why? No. Why? Because it's pasteurized before you ever even see it. Fuck you!
0: (laughs) Do we even know what that shit's made out of? (laughs) Milk! From
3: what? It gives you the Kessel wow. Bantha. Bantha, Bantha. Bantha. Bantha,
1: yeah. is Bantha is it, milk? Is it really Bantha milk? I uh, wouldn't it be?
4: It is Bantha milk. There oh. you go.
1: Wow.
0: Weird. Yeah. The more you know.
2: Hold up.